0: And welcome to the four hey podcast. I don't have anything for an intro, so
1: yeah, we could talk about the uh, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory Tom and Jerry oh reboot. Ooh,
2: can we talk about this Quaddy <laughs> yes, commercial I saw topic. beforehand?
1: <laughs> uh, you know, so, uh, you you started to talk about that, and I'm actually curious what you saw.
2: Okay, anyway.
0: Yeah, Nathan, regale our listeners with a Klondike commercial you all watched. All right, all right. Exactly yes, because people don't for. think
3: that the video game industry is already corrupted with actual advertisements on there. Let's talk about <laughs> something we'll never get advertised Jesus from. Christ. You
0: know, normally we wait, like, a couple minutes before we completely turn off our listeners, but this time, let's do it right out all the right, All right,
2: all right. Okay, yeah, so our game this up. Klondike commercial starts, and it's these two, like, two, like, uh, Klondike-like bars no they're like they're the original klondike right and it's like a man and a woman and the woman's giving birth to their baby klondike oh and here, no and here's the thing no it's weird and then when it comes out they're all they're all happy and then the next scene they're all in their home but the husband klondike looks like super upset he's sitting on the couch and then the woman walks over with the baby klondike and they and then they sit on another like couch across from them or whatever and here's the thing the baby klondike is klondike crunch and then what happens oh, after? Oh, God. The, the doorbell rings, and then it, oh, it, it no. walks in, this, like, Uncle Crunch bar or whatever, and he. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then the husband <laughs> looks That's at a the bad baby. Commercial. <laughs> and then they're like, Clondike Crunch. And I'm like, what was what was this? Did I just watch <laughs> well, infidelity like, no crunch, between
1: please. sweets? Like. <laughs> Klondike Crunch—it's oh the product of adultery. Holy fuck! <laughs> and the worst thing—you'll cheat is. on your wife.
2: And the worst part is, <laughs> I tried is. to find more. I tried to find that commercial, but I found different commercials, which are just as weird and creepy with Klondike. And I don't know how... Claude... why.
0: Klondike Crunch—the preferred candy of cucks. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <sighs> my hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hey Poor Podcast. It's about video games sometimes, once
1: in a while. Uh, I'm Not host. this episode.
0: <laughs> I'm your host, Ike Coleman. Joining me is Jay Petraquin.
1: I'm sick again this week. Yay! Yay, uh, I'm dying.
0: Nathan, Nathan Terencio. Nico,
2: Nico, Nathan.
3: And America's favorite son,
1: Anthony Spidey. <laughs>
2: Who wouldn't
3: get with the big sister from Lilo and Stitch?
1: Mm, oh. Oh, yeah, mm, dude. Mm. You know, mm. You know that goes back to an earlier conversation we had off of the air, where it will stay. Nope, but nope. That, Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um so this is the hey poor podcast what we're gonna do in the first half is we're gonna talk about video games and movies and things we saw this week and apparently klondike bar commercials although honestly thank you for sharing that because (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. i I knew there was a gem there i'm glad we did that (laughs) we went on that excursion together guys
0: um and we'll talk about the things we played the things we did this week the things we saw the people we met the life-changing experiences we had just kidding it's all nerd shit In the middle, we'll answer questions from the audience, and then at the end, we will talk about the news, and there is a lot to talk about this
3: week, so Mm -hmm. why don't we hop right into it? Anthony Spivey. Persona 5 came out, and so did
1: I. (laughs) I (laughs) Jesus. Same. Same. Uh, All right, I'll just hang on. Uh,
3: Persona 5 is so good. Mute my Uh,
0: microphone, edit, welcome to Warcraft, y'all have fun.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. Because I doesn't understand good games he doesn't, he doesn't because he's been playing magic. like toast actually I'm sorry I need to, I need or whatever I'm
0: sorry, I need to hijack this for a quick one off. The reason yeah. I haven't played Persona five is because, as you know, I do not yet own a PlayStation 4 yeah. once I do it's a game I'm looking to get I, the wait, reason I, I the, the reason I want to bring this up is not to defend myself because I know you all know this but because on a game I'll talk about in a bit that was originally an Xbox exclusive, I reviewed it, gave it a uh, 7 out of 10, because I thought it was good but not great, and I got a comment oh on God. it accusing me of being a cocksucking sucking Sony fanboy.
1: <laughs> I was hoping I totally that we would bring that, that up. Which, oh in the God.
0: context of the fact that I do not and have never owned any Sony console, is fucking hilarious.
3: Anyway, I'm sorry, Anthony. Please continue. Jesus. Anyway, so, in terms of good news, because I don't think I've played a good game since, like, 2011 for the website or anything. (laughs) No, he
1: he played a little bit of Breath of the Wild. He just talked about the one thing he doesn't like about it for 10,000 years. I'm kidding.
2: He's not kidding. (laughs) That's true. Okay, so... See Let's
0: y'all. you can uh, say whatever you want. I'm editing the show again this week, and there is nothing stopping me from clipping audio together, making it say, making you all say, "I love cocks" or something. I love. I mean, I marks. do. I'll I'll just come out and say it. That's fine. <laughs> or just deleting you all entirely. They're about things, a seven like, out of ten. Maybe I'll delete all of the Persona Five talk, and this week it'll just be the iShow. Oh God, That's, you if already you have c-
1: like two of those on YouTube. <laughs>
0: If you think I can't fill two and a half hours talking about Doom by myself.
1: We all know you can. We all know you can. All right. right. Anthony.
3: So, Jay, let me ask you, how far are you?
1: Um, I am near the end of the first palace. So I'm Uh, like 11 hours in, something like that.
3: So I reached 38 hours the last time I checked. Yeah. And I got past the fourth dungeon. Just finished the fourth dungeon, which is where you get a... Which is where the game, like, has a shift. So, Atlas, right. when they when they did say that, hey, this date 7-7 seven, seven, um, is a good stopping, or is where we're requiring everyone to stop for recordings, I understand why now. Okay. Because the t- there's another tonal shift in that game.
1: Yeah, tonal shift and, without spoiling it, I would guess a certain kind of narrative one based on some things from the very early parts of the game, too. Uh, yeah, if it's what I'm thinking. It's a of. continuation
3: of that um okay. at the very beginning of the game.
1: Yeah. Um, so I I
3: will just say the first actual dungeon of the game has never made me hate an actual video game villain so much as I do oh with my uh Oh god, the yeah, with Kamashita.
1: Yeah, so is a monster. They they oof. I, I have a he lot of thoughts on that. She is actually
3: the worst thing I've seen. Like yeah. in a while, yeah. Uh, so,
1: they... no, go ahead.
3: So, with this game, I don't want to spoil too much of what it is, but but Kamishito is a gym teacher who coaches a sports team and imagine the worst thing he can do to somebody that in his position and it gets worse from there
1: yeah like the worst like five things he can do and imagine he's done those things to an array of students across the entire school from like oh jesus things get really rough really fast with that character yeah and the whole the whole
3: first dungeon is getting your like new group of people. You just started school after assaulting somebody uh, to really tr- try to defend them. Yeah, from, uh, the, yeah. From getting raped is yeah. basically what it is. It does go a little bit more into detail and makes that character look even worse. Okay, just the spoilers from there. So we nice haven't still. done anything with him, but he comes back a, a little bit. Actually, you're about to see MJ. So oh, neat. All right. Yeah, so it, it yeah. just keeps on getting worse from there. And uh, cool. basically, he uses his government connections to get you uh, expelled from your school, get something written on your criminal record, yeah. and have you to move into this, like, just the suaviest uh, coffee bar, <laughs> like, of all time.
1: Suaviest and seediest all at once, I would say. Yeah. It's, it's a combination of the two. Uh,
3: my favorite. So, and this dude is the only person I've ever seen wear a fedora properly. And, like, look really good in it. And he's like, yeah, uh, I don't have your number because I don't save any dudes' names on my phone. I'm just going to call you on this mm-hmm. coffee bar. He, and uh, you just live with this dude. You've never met him before. You're like, why did you accept me? He's like, because I could.
1: Yeah, do so. they, do they where you are, go into more detail on that particular point, actually?
3: A little bit. Okay, uh, again, that, that happens yeah. during the fourth dungeon, so you're probably a few I'm weeks a behind out. on I'm that. I'm ways out, Yeah. yeah. So they explain more into that and as well as another character who you will eventually get in your party. Okay. So it, it's actually... Um, it, it, that's more spoiler than I care to get for so gotcha. that Atlas doesn't... On the off chance that one person from Atlas listens to this podcast and bans... They just
1: themselves. delete the podcast themselves remotely. God they go damn it, into, Atlas they, uh, again. Yeah. The evil is defeated.
0: Oh,
3: Jesus. <laughs> the evil is defeated. I'm sorry, I'm just imagining the cabin of the woods that'll... Six six six-year-old girl saying that (laughs) working is exercise. Oh God! Um, But uh, so like I thought the first villain was the absolute worst, and then it gets worse. Kind of. Uh, They go into an um, the big uh, subject on the internet, especially in recent years, is artists like not crediting their work and stealing it. Mm -hmm. This game talks a little bit about that. Um, Okay. It talks about uh, Japan's red light district and how corrupt that area is. It talks about dealing with uh, a lot of just dark, emotional, like people's like repressed memories. Yeah. Which is near where I'm ending up right now is where I just finished helping somebody try to cope with that. Yeah. All wrapped up in the most stylish game imaginable like no matter what you're doing the game just pops and and it just flashes everywhere you feel like you're in Japan you feel like every time you get into a battle you just get amped up with everything with characters moving around uh...
1: Yeah, If, if like graffiti street art could like be alive like in the Harry Potter books that would be Persona 5 everything is just the most pure artistic, stylized, just street Japanese punk shit. It's oh my god, it's amazing. So
3: you know how like whenever you gain experience, that's always the most boring part of any video game because it just Typically. gives you the length. This game makes it awesome because your characters are running in the background while the bar just expands with yeah, your yeah. with your experience. Then the like, characters move around dynamically. They talk about the battle in certain parts. Yeah. All like so, it makes everything, even the most boring parts of the game, feel refreshing. Even after you've done it like over a hundred times, like I have. Uh, I don't know if there's a better game out there. And even after I've written so much about Persona Three and talked about it on right. this podcast, this game's getting close already. And I'm halfway done from what I've from what yeah. I've seen.
1: I oh my god! Like, and I don't mind me speaking in here a little bit while you're talking about, but like. The one point where I sort of had some thoughts against it for a little while, and this is more because I heard a lot of people talking about that, is that it takes longer to get a really good handle of who the characters are on their own that it did in 3 and 4. And I think the reason for that is because, like, in both 3 and 4, you were an outsider coming into an existing, like, group of people, whereas here, everyone's kind of scattered at the beginning. No one's really... There's no extant group. Like, it's not, like, for like, where characters Chie know and... who
3: each other are, but they aren't, like, already yeah. friends.
1: Yeah, if anything, they know who each other are for negative reasons more than positive reasons, right? Because, like, that's that's the whole theme of the game, too, is just people having to deal with constant ridicule.
3: Yeah, because when you meet Pugilish Chan, who is the student body president, there's very negative emotions in there, and you just feel right. so bad for the character. right.
1: Or even just like on like being teased because of the way people objectify her and all this other stuff with everyone else. Yeah, it's it's a running theme.
3: Yeah. So um, I I kind of disagree. I felt like these characters are much better nuanced than Force. Oh, which I I, will I think eventually they're eventually better... right. Yeah. Something about on I show eventual when I finish Persona Five. Yeah. But all these characters immediately like. There is, there are the stereotypes like in every game. Like uh, Ryuji's basically, just basically Yosuke, but bearable.
1: Yosuke with a little bit of Kanji. He's a little bit of a fusion of the two.
3: Yeah, but he's he's better and He actually ha- like if, when you get to uh, doing a lot of the social links or what are the confidants now. Yeah. They go into backstory, and Yosuke always felt really boring. It's like, eh, I hate my job, even though I have to work here. And then Rude is like, yo, a lot of messed up stuff happened, and now I'm still dealing with school trying to abuse me, and if I should like leave or not, at certain points. Yeah, and that's not even like way off in the distance. It's like within two or three different parts, so it's really early on um, Same thing with On, who always has that pretty girl. Oh, this is the stereotypical, oh, one that everyone loves at the school in terms of like looks and then she goes way more into detail about her modeling career and what she wants to do with life. And again, that's really early on and they just expand so much more. Okay. So I don't want to spoil too much of what it is. Um, I will say if you have a PS4 or PS3, I got both versions of it. They run (laughs) because I'm insane. Like I got the take your heart giant box as well as the regular PS4 or PS3 edition. Um, they are immediately worth first purchase buys immediate. So just as soon as you have, like, if you don't have the system yet, like, I doesn't, or if he gets one later on, these are must-buy, stay one, or as soon as you get it. Yeah. As soon as you get the money. Like, I haven't felt like a game being perfect in a while. And this game isn't necessarily, be- uh, because uh, uh, some battles, I think, are a little bit too difficult, especially in the first dungeon. Because I you have that for sure. Because you have no item management if you don't get, like, the day one DLC type things. Right, yeah. It does get better on, like, especially come Dungeons 3 and 4. You don't feel, like, as built up or as a a thrust to get out of there and go multiple days in a row, even though the game does give you the option. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: You do get it. Um, But other than that, it is a great game. And even, like, the most annoying character, who is the mascot again, uh, Morgana, is great because he's basically just a milady character. With he, he really is. He, he gets way worse. He gets. Yeah, yeah. He, I want somebody to Photoshop a fedora on him. Oh God! Because he, he's he's such a bad cat. He's the only cat I've ever wanted to like kick because he's like, Hey, you walked twelve feet today. You went from school. We had a conversation in the story. You must be tired. Go to bed. And that happens yeah. constantly. It doesn't stop happening until uh, you get like rank ten on a Different confidant, which is really hard to do at the first half of the game. So, like, and he does it. Like, there's literally one where you have a meeting at the coffee where you live, and they're like, all right. Well, you talked for like 30 minutes. Better go to bed, not do anything."
1: Yeah. Well, and like the thing about that is, is it's actually so far to me, it's the same pace day to day wise as Persona Four was, but with. The caveat of that fucking cat making it that way. So it's not actually different, I don't think. It's just a more annoying version of the same pace, which does kind of suck.
3: What the main difference is, and why this is the one thing I think 4 does better than Mm 5, is that it's your main character's like, oh, I'm tired. Like, it's his own personal thoughts. Whereas in this game, it's just a screaming cat, go to bed!
1: Look, fucker, (laughs) we gotta go collect some fucking jewels tomorrow!
3: Listen here, you little shit. I'm a cat. Wait, I'm not a cat, but I'm tired, so I'm going to sleep on your chest, go to bed. They still haven't explained what that is. I have theories, but Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get into that, because that's way spoiler for where you are.
1: I I will say I find him, like, tens of times less annoying than I found Teddy in 4. Teddy in Persona 4 is one of my least favorite, like... Traditional like Japanese anime mascot characters I've ever experienced in fucking anything, and I, I know there's is, huge fans of that character, but
3: I, Teddy is two me. steps away from being a date rape like date rapist. Gee, you know, I hate I, Teddy. Okay. I hate him. I hate no, him kind of so right, much.
1: Actually. Now that I think about it, yeah, no, you're <laughs> right, huh? Wow, I, Teddy's I, you bad. know, never thought of that, but you are correct. Yeah, I, no,
3: th- I, I cannot stand Teddy. Morgana's okay because he Morgana's just likes fine. on. Yeah,
1: yeah, he 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 likes <laughs> on. Old- He's you know what it is? Also, he's is he's like actually like well voice acted. I thought Teddy's voice was one of the most over the top things I've heard in a long time in terms of voice acting. Or like I
3: will with... say Teddy's is a lot like the Japanese version, yeah, because it's the, it's the same tone but with more kind yeah. con- there. they are they're like we're not doing this.
1: Yeah, let's just make them sound bearable to listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: another weird, just random thing because I have a lot of personified, just random thoughts going through my head. There is oh, sure. a character that actually says "kek" out loud. Yep. Yes, there is. And uh, that just made... I was like, wow, this game really did take three years to translate. Because they're still using Keck. As a thing. Um, I
1: I think uh, our own Jack Hill said he found a Dark Knight reference in it somewhere.
3: Oh, The Cake Knight Rises. What the Um, fuck? So basically, you can watch movies uh, to raise your stats up in there. There's uh, The Cake Knight Rises. Um, You can rent a DVD (laughs) of uh, the X folders. Oh my fucking Which God. Which has like, I forget the carriage was like Milder and Skelly. <laughs> <laughs> like they had, they were not trying to hide it at all. Um, I think there's a notebook one as well. Like, an, I forget what, like it's called like the folder or something. I forget what that one is called, but it's basically That's, going yeah. in paradise of them. So it's ba- it's basically it's like funny. how in a Persona 4 you had the, the Twilight books. Yeah. It's all of those, but they're all movies. Jeez. So there's a lot more of them. It's it is really fun. You can tell Atlas when they translated had a lot of fun with the not important parts, so you can add jokes like that. Like Atlas USA had a blast oh, just yeah, changing yeah. the movies and things. Um, For sure. Yeah, oh, this gosh. game's so good. I I don't it, know what else to think. It is. I, yeah, I mean, it's an eighty-hour game. Yeah, I'm immediately gonna like. I still have Near Automata to finish. Um. Yeah. Fire Emblem Echoes, which is the next big thing I want, comes out oh, in man. a month. I don't. I think I'm going to put those, be, except for maybe Fire Emblem Echoes, if I have to do the review. We haven't talked about that yet. Unless I have to do the review, I might put every game down and just be Persona Five again. <laughs> and I'm and I'm only halfway done.
1: Yeah, right? I, I yeah, I wouldn't blame you there. Honestly, <laughs> so. that's kind of how I'm feeling too. Like like I, I said this on Twitter a little bit ago. Like I. This isn't like an evaluative judgment between the two. Legend of Zelda is a series I've played since I was the littlest of little kids, but even Breath of the Wild did not motivate me to continue keep playing and playing and playing day after day and week as much as Persona 5 has done. Like, it's weird to me. It's, It's like uncanny how fucking fast this game hooks its friggin' claws into you. I just
3: I'm just trying to think of what else I can say about this game yeah. without saying like there's really nothing besides Morgana just yelling at you to go to sleep, which is annoying there's nothing bad and a little bit of the next character you unlock, yeah, and I think that's just because of a matter of personal taste and not that he's an actual bad character um there's nothing bad with the game uh. Everything like even with a so in like Persona Three and Four uh, the Confidant or social links, there's always a two that you're like eh, I really don't care. I'm only doing it to get stronger enemies mm-hmm. or per- personas to summon. Rather, I haven't seen one that isn't a knockout yet. Like I've unlocked oh. most of them. I think there's only like two or three I haven't yet because just because I don't have time because I'm trying to raise stats so I can date somebody in this game. Um, but they're they're all knock out of the park. Like they all go immediately going deeper into what you think of. And even like the boring one, which is the uh, fortune one, there you meet a fortune teller, even then they unlock such good uh, bonuses for the actual game that you just want to do them all no matter what. So, Jay, um, yeah, I don't know if you know about this. So uh, mm. when you social link with people that aren't in your party, they give out really good bonuses.
1: Really? Okay. Like, I haven't you... done that much of that yet with everyone. Okay.
3: So um you're going to unlock a character pretty soon like since you just beat it. uh one of the people that was getting bullied at the school. Mm-hmm. He's going to uh, if you social link with him and beat a couple I'm of his things. My, he's going to allow all guy. of your party you to eat, like or to gain experience oh. that aren't in battle. So oh, wow. there is an amount of oh, switching. Oh, that's
1: great. Okay. It's so good if you don't like there's some we'll characters the I don't like.
3: All right. There's that um there's another character um which eventually you beat it, basically turns into like Final Fantasy X levels, to where you can just switch characters out that are in your party in battle.
1: Oh, okay. Red.
3: So it they unlock a lot of things. Where there's one that can like almost double your money that you earn after you beat a lot of it, or uh. So even like the ones that you don't want in your party, who also give you really good bonuses, you still want to, you still really want to do their social links, so you can get a lot of bonuses in the game. Right. So they made it even better on that end.
1: So. Yeah. And like when I said I because well, like you know I I think for you and me both this is probably the one thing we've been playing this week so I'll like hop in a little more like when when I said I wasn't as into these characters I mean that in small margins because I I really do like them overall especially because um I want to make sure I brought this up there is an article from Waypoint I was reading just earlier today. Um, titled persona five keeps making villains more important than victims which a statement Uh, i don't entirely agree with no no they don't but so i I don't agree with it either but i want to put it out there because i think it's an actually very interesting article um and i i want to say too i know we kind of did it a little bit there but i think using arguments about what characters feel more like the focus in five versus four as like a direct evaluative statement i don't think that's fair um but i think it makes some interesting points and makes some interesting points about what the tone of four really was meant to be versus what the tone of five is really meant to be, but like my thing with five, like I mean, you said a lot of it with with um, the the first the first guy whose palace you're trying to invade. Because basically the idea, I don't think we actually said like the idea is each of these corrupt people who's like focused on personal gain is fucking over everyone around them create a palace in this alternate world that in which like a sort of manifestation of them is the King is this like demon King. And so you have to go in there, kill that and quote unquote, steal their heart. That's why the, the steal your heart thing is like the motif. And the idea being that that will cause them to like change their selfish desires and like try and reform or like confess their crimes or whatever it is that fits in the moment kind of. Um, and like, Setting up Kamishina as someone who needs to have that fucking done to him immediately is absurdly well done. And, like, it's, it's just, ah, uh, no no punches are pulled at all. I One of my problems with Persona 4 was, and I, I know I, what I just said about evaluation, but th- this particular point is kind of impossible for me not to think of. My issue with Persona 4 and why I never beat it was that I liked the characters, but... Even though the basic plot of four is that you're trying to solve a series of murders, it somehow never actually feels very urgent. I, I, in ways that I can't even really describe, because it's been a little bit since I played four, but like, there was very little urgency to me in actually doing that in four.
3: Well, in like, Persona Four, uh, I'm mm. gonna just throw in there just a yeah. little bit with the fact yeah. that they say in game, oh. Don't worry about doing that. You have all this time. They, like, put it out of, like, in Persona 5, they will as well, saying you only have this many days left. In Persona 4, they straight out say, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it until, like, the day before it rains. Mm -hmm. They go out of their way to say, eh, they'll live. Yeah, be yeah, fine. yeah.
1: They, they they treat it like it's a non-issue, but it's that non-issue that's supposed to be half of the game, and I I never really liked that decision totally actually more than anything else. And, and in that five, doesn't
3: change until like the lo- second to yeah. last dungeon.
1: Yeah, no, really. Um, but five like the character and living or in Tokyo parts of the game, and the urgency of going into these dungeons and trying to. Do what you have to do. There are like very well balanced with each other. It's so good. Um, God, what what like now, now? I'm also trying to think what else we can say about it without jumping into spoilers. And obviously, that's a lot more for you than for me. Um, well, if
0: if I may, mm. um, it has been 25 minutes, and unfortunately, we have a lot to cover today. So maybe <sighs> it's time to move on. Yeah, yeah, we can uh, wrap Yeah, up.
3: I've I want to talk about one other thing. So that yeah, yeah, fine. yeah, go for it. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, Just, go ahead. Please. Again, Jay will agree with us. It is. Yeah among the best games already for the PlayStation 4.
1: I agree, and, yes.
3: And even though I make jokes all the time about uh, how it was originally supposed to come out winter 2014 worldwide, and it didn't come out until like a week ago or two weeks ago, I'm really glad it came out when it did, especially yeah. after a few things I've been going on personally. But again, that'll come out wait months later when the games come out and people have actually beaten it, that I can talk yeah. more about it. Um. All right, so after that long ass dismarks, the other main thing I want to talk about um uh, there's two things but I think I mentioned it earlier um is I saw your name in theaters, which is the big Makoto Shinkai animated movie. Um it's the one yeah. where the there are two teenagers who fall asleep and when they do they switch bodies. Yeah. Um, that's been advertised. It is a very gorgeous-looking, very well animated movie. Um, it made me tear up quite a bit. It's one of his, I think it's honestly one of his best works. Makoto um, Shinkai is really uh, big into making the really depressing coming-of-age stories. He's made uh, the Garden of Words, Five Hundred Centimeters per Second. Those really like in Japan famous movies that even here has gotten quite a lot of talk about just because yeah. of them being incredibly sad and he's notoriously known for saying things like my movies are going to kill the otaku generation and that <laughs> doesn't happen um
0: good for him i wish it was truckin'. sometime
3: uh and then immediately after like right after his movie made i think it was the most or second most out of all of japan's movies that came out last year like in theaters he's like yeah mm-hmm. i could have made it better yeah so, he he has a very weird switch that makes me not like him personally, but his movies are great. I think this is his best work. However, and I, while I say this as a big proponent of dubbing work, like just translating into English and having English voice actors do it, don't watch this dubbed. It is <laughs> not a very good dub. Um, Funimation did try, I think, but in order to capture the the importance of like the body switching, um, where Japan has different ways of saying I as in like a masculine and feminine and catching all those subtle nuances throughout the entire movie as well as the people trying to get by while also changing in their bodies it is not very well translated into English um, as well Uh, if you watch any sort of dubbed animation from Funimation you'll recognize every voice and you'll just judge them based off of the characters. There's this uh, prominent side character's name I don't remember. Because all I can think about is he's Kiba from Naruto. And I'm just wondering where the fuck his n- the ninja dog is the entire time he talks. <laughs> I'm like, I really want to enjoy this movie. And I'm really sad that uh the movie theater I went to did not specify was going to be in English or subbed. Because they did release both versions of it. So um that's going to be out of theaters by the time this uploads. But yeah, I will say find a way, just find find a way to watch the Japanese version and then buy it when it comes out on Blu-ray, either this year or next year, or in Funimation's case, like five years from now, because they've been really bad about translating, or putting movies out recently. Um, so I really do recommend that. Um, If you like Makoto Shinkai's work, you're probably not gonna like this one as much, because all of his endings are the exact same. The exact <laughs> same movies. Oh, they all end up doing the exact same thing, and it is kind of depressing about that after a while, like, because you can tell how it ends, and you do want it to change, but if you're either a casual anime fan, or one that really likes sappy romance movies, watch mm. this movie, and you will, you will feel things.
1: That's, like I that's do. an interesting point to know, I, I, the, the only work of his I've seen is 5 centimeters per second, which I'll be honest, I did not really like, um, I, will Want to watch this too anyway? Just because of like it's the highest grossing movie in Japan. It's noteworthy enough that I'm just curious about it anyway. But, I think it's
3: the first two, thir- actually probably three fourths of the movie are is way better than that
1: movie. Okay, okay, Let's
3: but the, the ending is basically the same. Okay. So without spoiling anything, yeah, well kind of.
1: I, I also saw that movie a very long time ago, but I just I don't know. I remember being like severely unimpressed with it. But I will, I'll keep that difference in mind. Even when I, th- I, check this
3: out. I think this movie has a lot better art design as well, even mm. though he's the main one who worked on it. I will say that um, the other thing, is, and I know I mentioned this in a group chat, so I don't know how much he's seen it of it or if he just mentioned it uh, the Mystery Science Theater 3000 reveal art. Yes. Reveal oh, yes. I have and a lot to say about that. I like, okay. I hate the first episode. I, do and I as hate well. Felicia Day, and I think everything else is fine. I think Felicia Day and Patton Oswalt should have switched places as the main villain and the bumbling ass- assistant. I don't think Felicia Day can play villainous roles or even like really mm. cheesy over-the-top roles as well as Patton well, Oswalt can. I that, may, that also may be that I just don't think she's a great actress. Even mm-hmm. when she is trying to play it uh, purposely cheesy, I think she's trying too hard to play it cheesy. Which is... A part of the whole point of playing some cheesies, you're not really trying.
0: Right. So first of all, we agree on what's important, which is that it's good. Like no one, no one has ever cared about like the skits and sketches. Oh, in I completely it's about... disagree. Those are some of
3: my favorite. Really? Parts
0: yeah, of I, the I, I also series. disagree. I definitely that's, care about those a lot sometimes. That's fucking bizarre. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, okay, they're putting the sketches in like as a throwback to the original. I. I've never... uh, This reboot is actually the first time I've laughed at an MST3K skit. Wow, okay. I think I laugh more at
3: the skits than I do some of the episodes. Everyone
0: I've ever known is... uh, Okay, maybe I am just generalizing. Personally, I've always shown up for the riffs, and the riffs are really, really good in this, and that's what's most important. I will agree Um, it is the most uh, important part. It is the most we, important part, yes, of yeah, no and they are
3: except for the first episode, which I think was also filmed first. I think they were trying to get yeah. back into the characters, like to know yeah, what they I are. Think, so after I Reptilicus, I think, the, I think they get way better.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that the first episode um, is actually pretty good for riffs. There are some jokes that made me laugh, but yeah, it is probably the weakest so far, um, especially in terms of it starts with this long introduction that like explains the story and I think I can say nobody really cares about the story. Oh, yeah, that's Even if, yeah, even that's if you fine. like the skits, like nobody it. wanted particularly a three-minute intro with look how many cameos we can cram that in That was not necessary yeah. at, at all. It was, it. He yeah. could have just shown up on the show. It wasn't tasteful. Um, and I actually like that they don't explain his relationship with the bots at all. They go through all the troubles <laughs> to show how yeah. Jonah got captured, and then the bots are just there, and I'm like, see, that's what I wanted. Like,
3: the only explanation they have is a servo going, you're not my real father, and mm-hmm. that's a... Yes. Yeah, (laughs)
0: um but no i have been loving the new mst3k um uh it's it's really fun sometimes it is a little weird to get used to the new voices like they're good it's just you know obviously the nostalgia factor of it um and i uh, and it's also kind of weird to hear them making jokes about like modern things like jokes about twitter and anti-vaxxers and stuff (laughs) not that they're bad jokes it's just the first time it happened. It was like ah, well oh, yeah, holy
3: shit! It's well remember but that it's... none of us were alive when the original show. No, came exactly. Out. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, so. I wanted, I wanted them to do that. I was expecting them to do that. Um, and that's the thing. Like these things, they're different, but they're not bad. And I feel like because obviously this is all anyone talked about on Twitter over the weekend. Um, I feel like a lot of people dislike it just because it is different. Like some of the complaints I've seen are ridiculous. Like yes. in the theater, I have a hard time t- uh telling the difference between Tom Servo's voice and Jonah's voice, and it's like, well, who cares? They're it like it's just telling jokes. It doesn't really matter who's saying it. Um just a, a lot of the a lot of the complaints I think are silly. The jokes are hit and miss, but they've always been.
3: There's some um, jokes that no one's really going to get except for them that's exactly exactly like especially with like the first season like I'm kind of glad this came out because I can understand a little bit more now yes and I really hope it does well on Netflix because I've seen the first three fully and a little bit of the fourth and there's enough of it Mm -hmm. that I like that I want to see them do more than just 11 episodes
0: yeah i've seen the first Mm. i can't remember four or five and i do i take comfort from the fact that on netflix it like it specifically says mst3k the return colon season one so i i have hopes that there could be another season um but yeah it's it's really funny it's really fun i think the new hosts work great My, my biggest fear with mst3k was that they were going to change the tone right because like The thing that made MST3K great, this might be a controversial opinion, although apparently all of my MST3K opinions are more controversial than I thought, but (laughs) I have always liked the Joel seasons much, much, much better than the Mike seasons. Mm. Um, And this is an opinion I've seen some other people say. The thing about the Mike seasons is that the bots get really mean. In the first two, they'll like tease Joel, but you never really get the sense they have a problem with him they just become complete insult comics through especially the back half of the Mike era and the like pull pranks on that are really really mean and it gets kind of cynical um, and I always preferred the Joel era because it was more like we're just some dumb guys on public access television playing with shitty puppets and it's just light hearted and goofy and even when they're tearing a movie apart the jokes aren't as much like oh this movie sucks everyone who made it is an idiot it's more just like funny things about it like hey this shot is funny hey a pun based on something someone said Mm. and i was especially worried that like because media has been getting more and more cynical lately um i mean that's just a true fact we live in a cynical time i was worried that mst3k would become more cynical which is why i don't enjoy a lot of because obviously now another thing is that there are so so many uh shows podcasts youtube things especially that have taken the place of mst3k i mean let's plays are just mst3k video (laughs) games more or less like that's kind of how that got started um and a lot of the times i don't like them as much because they're too cynical and so they nailed the tone perfectly which is good. And also it's not all shitty reference humor, which I was worried about because the guy who wrote Ready Player One Ugh. is on the writing
1: team. Oh, man. but they pro- they probably like made sure to curve a certain amount of that from the get-go. Let's be real here.
0: I already because the head because the head writer I didn't realize this, the head writer for the show is Elliot Kalin who does the Flop House. No shit, really? The, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, How really.
1: The fuck, did I not know that? God damn it! I'm mad at myself now. i sorry. So I, you're I, I yeah. Bet.
3: So Jay's yeah. about to turn off the podcast just mute us and watch yeah. the <laughs> Just go watch now. it.
1: Yeah. Well, I had meant to watch them before we recorded, and it just slipped my mind. But oh man, yeah. No, I, I'm a huge fan of the Flop House and their work. Yeah. So that's really cool to hear. I didn't know.
2: So I was the muted guy who did the... this time, by the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was why you were so quiet? I was like Nathan's like I, yeah, I I'm not playing
2: Persona
3: Five and I don't ca- I'm too. Oh, no, I, I muted myself for Mr. Persona
2: Five. Ken. Also, I was googling stuff, but like I I I, I, unmuted, I was really, talking during that the MSTJ part. But then I did not realize I was will be really muted.
0: funny when I'm. Oh, yes, because be really Nathan doesn't editing. understand
3: what Persona is, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> of all people, fa- the fact that Nathan isn't playing Persona actually kind of astounds me. Fair.
2: Oh, I... Money, oh, fam.
3: Anyway. Anyway,
0: anyway, back to MST3K. Yeah, so the the guy who's behind the Best of the Bad Movie podcast is now behind the Best of the Bad Movie television That's shows, fantastic. and I yeah. think it's quite good. I've been having a grand old time. I like Felicia Day more than Anthony does, but that is a universal truth, not just this show. I will absolutely agree that Patton Oswalt steals every scene that he's in as TV's son of TV's Frank, which is the best <laughs> name for a character ever. But then again, I would also argue that Frank Conniff in the original season, like, often stole the show from Trace Bailey, and that like the sidekick is usually the funnier, more charismatic one. So I don't know. I think mm. it works. It's an interesting. I quote. think that fans will enjoy mm. it if you can put aside the fact that it's slightly different. Just calm down.
2: Um, okay, so I watched. I think the first five episodes. I oh, think that's more than a bit, And yeah. I'm four or five, I am four or five, I can't remember. Okay, like my opinion. Okay, I don't. How do I say this? I don't like it that much. It, it, like I think. Well, you're off the podcast. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Wait, how much have you seen of the, That's it. Over. Hold on, Nathan. How much, mind, se- how much have you seen? We've of never disagreed show? on. Him. See, the thing is, I have watched parts of the original show. Like actually, like some of my. And this is the thing. Like I discovered Gamera because of that show and that's like oh, huh. so like I do like the show I don't like and the thing is the reason I'm saying I don't like this show that much isn't because I think the entire like what I've watched is bad I think it's just that for me I thought it was good in spades much like the original but I find those moments of you know like the like I find like the good jokes and like parts where I found that I found were genuinely funny like far few in between at least for me and mm-hmm. Like I actually did like the skits from the older show from the older show, and I don't like the skits that much for this show. I really don't think they're that funny.
0: Okay, Nathan, yes. I want to say two yes, things. Go ahead. Number one, I think that uh, that was always true of the original yeah. show. Like I would say that you you only laugh out loud at a few jokes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah. Like I get I get people not liking that. I get mm-hmm. that it's yeah. kind of. Honestly, my favorite way to watch an MST3K is often in the background of something mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. and, like, have paying attention to it. Yeah, I and agree. I get that that might not be everyone's deal. Um, so, you know, totally fair enough. Number two, though, yeah. this is actually something I've been meaning to bring up for a while. Uh-huh. Go ahead. The phrase, in spades, according to the... <laughs> yeah, you uh, were thinking the
3: same thing I was.
0: Yeah,
1: I
3: think
0: we all were According. Actually- <laughs> To, I've gone ahead and looked it up on dictionary.com here. In spades means to a very high degree. Okay. And it is a phrase you use a lot. Okay. And what you mean is not to a very high yeah. degree. In the okay. opposite of spades. Okay. In like clubs or diamonds. Or <laughs> yeah, I
3: was going to say. Yeah, fair enough. I was going to say.
0: And it's time for an intervention. Because at first I was like, Did, ah, he probably just said it wrong. Or maybe there's a meaning. I don't yeah. know.
2: No. Okay. But
0: no. But yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, it's like it was always a weird cult show. It will always yeah. be a weird cult yeah. show that a lot of people don't like, and that's fine.
2: Yeah, well,
0: but if you do like it, I think you'll like the new it's one. It's also why yeah. I'm
3: really glad it's on Netflix and not on traditional television because it would have been canceled by now. It would
2: have tanked.
1: Again. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, it's it's one of several Netflix shows and also just web-based shows where the internet's the only place that can exist, or something like this is the only place where can exist. Mhm. Yeah, so I'm, there you go. Fuck, I got I got to I got to watch some of it by next week. I plan to and I could have been in on this whole conversation but I can't. It's making me sad. Don't,
3: don't worry. No. Next week and the next 8 weeks will be Persona 4 plus
1: what Persona else we do and, so or Persona. Five. Yeah. yeah. So well, my, my feeling with Felicia Day, I, I I don't really dislike Felicia Day, but I actually have kind of similar feelings to her that I stated as having towards uh Neil Patrick Harris before I watched a series of unfortunate events. So who knows, maybe I'll have a similar turnaround on her than I did on him. Who knows?
0: I don't know. I haven't liked every single thing Felicia Day's done, but like that's true of almost all actors. Yeah, welcome I to mean, people. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I think I think she's fine. Um and I do appreciate the fact that they specifically wanted to have like more women on board this time around so like they wanted to have a female villain which they did have before oh with Pearl Um, yeah But uh, so they wanted to have a female villain and they wanted to have a um, a Gypsy is voiced by an actual female comedian instead of just being a guy doing a falsetto which some people are really pissed about (laughs) Um, SJW, Cuck, etc but um PS4, Sony, Fanboy, etc yeah but Joel said was really important to him, and like you know, I like I like those little touches. I don't know. Even if you don't like Felicia Day, she's not there that much, so it's basically homeless. yeah. I, I will say that's, that's, that's my just, take
3: on it. I will say she's not in it enough to where I'm upset, really, that she's casted. Like once I heard she was in there, I was like, oh no, she's gonna be mm-hmm. the main cast. And I actually read the article, yeah, because they have actually put worry. because they had a like when they did the articles, her name was before Jonah Ray, mm-hmm. who is yep. the main human. Yeah, Like, in everything, I was like, no. Please yeah. don't.
0: Well, that's like a... I mean, first of all, she was better known, but second of all, that's like a, you know, a screen Guild thing, like she's better known, so she gets higher billing.
3: Yeah, I know. Um, I will say, I don't know enough about Jonah Ray, but uh, I know he's controversial, like, in terms of, like, the show. I will say it's making me more interested in seeing what else he's done. Yeah, because I always get sure. him and Jonah Hill mixed up, and I was also a little ah. worried until I saw a picture of him. So mm-hmm.
0: he has a he has a very rapid-fire wit. I think that the biggest change to the riffs between this and the old series is that it feels like it's much faster, which I like. I will you know, agree with that too. So You know
1: Anthony, if this had been made like 6 or 7 years ago, Jonah Hill probably would have been a candidate too. That's the funny thing about <laughs> that.
3: I, I I don't think I would want that because the th- entire theater would just be full of smoke the entire time. <laughs>
0: All right, Nathan. I'm sorry that we sort of called you out earlier. What else have you been experiencing this oh, week? Oh, other than oh, you feel bad. No, I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> no, I I I really do- no, I don't. No, I don't It's fine. Coleman has was, no feelings. He was, no emotions. No, no, I, no don't. feel fine, bad
3: about Nathan. He was filming the uh, spiders get on or something.
2: No, it's fine. He, oh no, I'm God. fine. Anyway, animated spiders uh, going at, at it. So, um, I had, I, I was gonna say, I had the joy. Um, I played, I reviewed a game. That's what I did. Um it's called bullet wow. soul. It's boring. <laughs> that, that was really <laughs> blunt. But it's a shoot 'em up and here's the thing, I like shoot 'em ups. They're not my favorite thing, but I can enjoy it for what it is and this one's really bare bones. And I know why it's bare bones because it's a port of a 2011 Xbox 360 game. And oh. they added the DLC that was only available in Japan and they put it on Steam for 15 bucks. Not bad. Um it's just I don't know, like like all I can really say is that it's a shoot 'em up and there's nice looking anime characters that don't do anything that are just static images, and the game gets hard and you get high like you try to get a high score and beat other people's high scores that's literally the game, and there's nothing more to that, but actually playing the game is pretty decent. It's just that I'm not that kind of person who gets a drive out of like beating the highest score in like from you know what I mean, so like Ugh, it's just a very average game, so that's why I'm not going to talk too much about it, but that that's a thing that happened. Um, it's what a fine. boring name. It's called Bullet Soul. Yeah, Bullet I think. Soul, yeah, yeah, the header of...
0: Is... Every time you talk about it, I think you got the chance to review the Bullet Storm remake. That, yeah. Every time you bring it up.
3: But no, it's Soul. <laughs>
0: no. Yeah, Bullet Soul. If they
2: switch
3: those game? two words around, it'd probably be better. Soul Bullet sounds a lot better than Bullet Soul. Soul Bullet sounds. Yeah, Yeah. that sounds like
2: a damn Kojima joint. Yeah, because Bullet Soul sounds like this emo band from like my high school or something. You know what I mean? So,
0: (laughs) Soul Bullet sounds like a Sisters of Battle weapon or something. Yeah,
2: but um, so that's I played that, but that was that was not fun. It's okay. I
0: told you, man. Bullet Hell games are by and large not fun anymore. Yeah, yeah. At least not the ones we
3: get.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Unfortunate. Like
3: the best Bullet Soul or Bullet Hell game is the. Is in near automata where it's just random where just enemies shoot it. Honestly, True. True. That is the yeah. best one, um, or the uh, Trojan hack, where people have to beat a level in Toho in order to get access to your files on your computer. Oh my
1: god!
2: But um, yeah, that I've yeah, I reviewed that. That was okay. That was three out of five. It's average. Um, the game I a game I got back into playing. And fun story with this game. It was actually a co- um a press copy, a review copy of a of a game. It was an MMO. It's called Black Desert Online. And I got it for a site that yeah. I originally worked on before Hey Poor Player, except I didn't work on that site because I did videos and then I sent them to the dude because he didn't give me access to the YouTube channel and then I'm like, are these fine? He's like, yeah, they're fine. Never uploaded them to the channel and then told me, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, we're, like, gonna, like, cut you. And I'm like, okay, can uh, can I have an explanation and, like... <laughs> Dude... Sorry, Nathan. Was that called
1: Brash Games by yeah, any chance? No, it say. wasn't.
2: It wasn't. It wasn't. And I'm not going <laughs> to no, say the site. No, they would have
1: uploaded it,
3: <laughs> and, I... and they would have just bleeped out every time you said his name. Like,
2: Brash. <laughs> and they don't. Yeah. I'm not going to say the site because it's like it's whatever. I don't... It's nothing personal. Yeah. But um, so they gave me so whatever. I got a I got a free game out of it. But anyway, so Black Desert Online was a game I tried a year ago when it was launched, and it's a game that I never got into because it's super complicated. And I started playing it now. And now that I get more of the game systems, I'm actually really enjoying the game. And I'm an MMO guy. Like, I love MMOs in general. But I really like Black Desert for taking the not World of Warcraft route and actually doing it well. Like, it's not a theme park MMO. Mm -hmm. It's not a very set system of grinding and progression. It takes progression and it does really cool things with it. It like how instead of doing, like, raid tiers where it's like, you do this dungeon, you get armor... And then you do progressively harder versions of it to get better armor And then, like, that's, like, like, the base armor set is what you should be getting In here, like, armor, even progression, like, gearing works different Instead of, like, getting better pieces of equipment What you should do is find a, like, a set that you like And then upgrade that consistently Rather than, like, getting better pieces of armor So you can actually use, like, the set you've been using So, like, at level 30, you get a certain set You can actually keep using that and just upgrade that Rather than, like, getting something new and there's no raids, there's these things called world bosses, and there's a lot of, like, economy-based things, like, um, owning housing. Like, if you're in a guild, you can actually control territory and then tax the shit out of it. And, like, there's, like, cool things like that. It's, like, I don't know, the thing with MMOs is they don't feel like open worlds, and this one is not only just being an open world, The game with, like, very little instances. It's just also feels like a world where, like, players do have more control than in other games. Like, players do have an impact on, like, territories and the marketplace. There's even, like, sailing, and there's even pirates, like, not NPC pirates, like, players going to other people's ships and then, like, taking all their shit and then just weird stuff. And I like it a lot. So, I've been enjoying a lot of that. I'm not at the level cap, but it's something I enjoy. And it's, I don't know, it's a breath of fresh air, considering that all MMOs are pretty much World of Warcraft, more or less. So... Yeah, that's what I've been playing. I haven't been watching or doing a lot of other things. I mean, we kind of we kind of talked about it already, so uh yeah, I think that's it. I think that's I think that's what I've been that's what I've been doing mostly. So, yeah. Uh going to play Black Desert actually after we do this podcast, so. There
3: you go. Jade! Yep. Anything besides Persona?
1: Yep. Sorry. I I cut out for me for a second, so I wasn't sure if he was asking me to go or if he was like whispering an incantation to send me down into hell, which, you know, (laughs) you wouldn't be the first one. Um, I, I, to be fair,
0: I did just say J and expect that you would know what that meant. Okay,
1: no, I mean, you usually say other words. I do know what it meant. I just, (laughs) I've been conditioned to do one thing and you start doing another. (laughs) Um, but no, so obviously Anthony and I talked about Persona 5 a bunch, um, It's wonderful, and is pretty much, you know, like, I, I, uh, I talked about Banner Saga last week, I have another game I'm reviewing right now, but I actually can't talk about it yet, I'll be able to next week, so really, as far as what I've been playing, other than, uh, other than a little bit of Pokemon as usual, it's been mostly, um, mostly Persona 5, and, you know, Anthony and I talked about mostly, but, like, I guess all I want to add to all that we already said is just, like, there's a lot of things about, RPG, like, turn-based RPGs that make me not often want to play them on consoles just due to the way they tend to flow. I just, you know, I I have Persona 4 on PS2, but I also have it on Vita, and I played more of it on Vita, just because, like, that kind of gameplay often lends itself to something you can play while you're, you know, watching the new Mystery Science Theater season or whatever. Um, But Persona 5 continues to be turn-based strategy, but doesn't feel like it in terms of the cognitive flow. It's a lot faster than that, and I really like the way they did that. Um, that, that's all I want to add to what we already said. Persona 5's awesome. It might be my favorite thing I've played this year so far, next to Night in the Woods. Um, other than that, I, oh yeah, I want to mention, and I know it's becoming like three layers of inside joke on top of each other whenever we talk about Overwatch anymore, but there was a Overwatch mode that came out that I did briefly want to mention, because I I know it kind of actually hits on something that I know you had an issue with when the game came out, which is just the general lack of modes thing, right? Like Basically what happened mm-hmm. is they released sort of a mini-story mode. It's a, like, one-shot-through, like, Left 4 Dead-level style, in a similar style to the Halloween thing they did uh, last, well, Halloween. Um, that is the story of the first mission of Tracer, who's the character on the box of the game store, of the mascot. Um, and it's cool. You're fighting these these war bots that, you know, sort of exist in the lore as this, like, sort of Terminator-style mechanical army that was manufactured for, you know, so-and-so reasons. Um... One of the robots is actually a, like, framework for the new character who became DLC recently, Orisa, so you can get a skin for her that is one of those old war mechs, which is really neat. Um, and it's really cool, it's, my thing with Overwatch's various modes over time is that they continue to be good and imaginative, and I wish they didn't keep locking them into a rotation thing, because I continue to feel like, and you know, this goes back to what we've been saying, where, you know, I'll completely concede that it doesn't have as many modes as it could have. Now that it does have a lot of those modes, they still do a rotation of, like, you only get one or two of those every couple weeks, and I think that kind of sucks. I I think Mm -hmm. if you don't want to have every single one for server issues or whatever be live all the time, that's fine, but, like, uh, right now I think it's just the new DLC mode and some various other shit that doesn't feel that distinct from each other and maybe capture the flag. And then there's other ones that'll come in once every, like, I'm going to guess probably 6 months from now. That sucks. But uh the new one, the new mode that they tossed in there is really cool and that's if you've been sleeping on Overwatch for a little or you know, if you got it but haven't played it in a while. It's a good reason to fire it up for a little bit. Uh
0: so I I actually did kind of have something to say about this, oh, yeah. which is that this is exactly the reason that I uh picked Battleborn over um, Overwatch is because it had more of this sort of uh, player versus enemy stuff uh, yeah. more of a like story and lore focus, which is what I tend to enjoy. Sure. That doesn't mean that Battleborn is better than Overwatch, it means that that is what That's I enjoy what more, more, so that is the game I picked. Mm-hmm. So, when I saw that this was a mode being introduced in Overwatch I was super excited. Yeah. Uh, Mike Krahulik of Penny Arcade um, actually had a piece I thought about that was really interesting, that he said this feels like something that should have been an integral part of Overwatch since the beginning, because because he said that he never uh, felt more like Reinhardt than when he was playing <laughs> Reinhardt in this mode and he mm-hmm. of course was more eloquent about it so you can go read that but um and i was like wow that seems really really cool yeah. and then i found out that it was temporary and i was like well still don't need to get overwatch yeah yeah well, and, and
1: we don't know to which is right we don't know to which is very much do. a thing it's going to be temporary that's the problem right is like it might come back once yeah. in a while there is a mode that you can do on overwatch where you run through a complete gauntlet of every special mode they've ever released, and I assume it'll be in there. And again, it's also like, the the Dr. Jungenstein thing had no story to it, but that was a framework for it, so I assume they'll probably do more of these. But yeah, no, it absolutely feels like this first one should have been in there from day one, or at least, like, been one of the first pieces of downloadable content for it after release. I completely mm-hmm. agree with that. Because the problem with Overwatch, like, I'll be honest, I have a good friend who is way entrenched into Overwatch lore, and just finds it really interesting. If he hadn't told me half the shit he just happened to tell me, I don't know if I would have gotten into it as much as I had, because I think there's some cool lore there. There there are some, like, inconsistencies here and there. There's flaws, but, like, it's pretty neat lore overall, but... It's that's that's going to be the
0: next series is uh, Jay and uh, his partner doing Welcome to Overwatch. Yeah,
1: that's that's the secret video project he and I have been planning, definitely. Um, <laughs> actually, that eh, that could be something. Well, you know what? Uh, yeah. You know what? Let's brainstorm that later. Um, but no, it, it's, it is flawed, right? And that is a big flaw of it. And I hope they do more of that because I can see that being a big thing that will draw people like you in. And honestly, people like a younger me. Like, if you'd asked me mm-hmm. six years ago... You know, obviously I was a shitty little teenager running around, fucking around. Um, but I would have probably told you, no, I'm not going to play this if it doesn't have some kind of big single-player mode. Just because, again, that's, that's not what I was into then either. Team Fortress 2 is something that changed that for me. Splatoon much later was, and now Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Even then, it's only occasional I get into a game that's mostly multiplayer-focused. But I, I think... I think I, I, I'm just overall very glad that they're at least reaching into this, and I hope it doesn't go away, because otherwise they are missing yeah. an opportunity to get people like you in and interested, and that I don't think they should miss that yeah, opportunity. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, um, I'm wondering right now if it's going to be kind of like Heroes of the Storm, where having gotten into Heroes of the Storm recently, and I haven't been talking about it just because it's not interesting for me to say every week, yeah. I am playing more <laughs> Heroes of the Storm than is probably healthy. Same with me in Pokemon um, and
1: Overwatch, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um but I, I've i been getting back into that and like I liked it from the beta but like so many of the things that were frustrating about it, they just got rid of and a big part of that is they've stopped withholding content okay. like originally you basically weren't going to get a hero unless you bought it oh, no. whereas now uh, you don't have to grind too much like uh, just this last weekend I finally was able to unlock Probius who is the second newest hero who is a Starcraft 2 probe yep. um, and so but like So originally they felt like uh, they had to, you know, sort of uh, cordon all this content off for whatever reason, like heroes weren't as available, game modes were harder to get, like various things, and now it's just all there and you can just all play it. And I'm wondering if Overwatch is going to go the similar route, where like Mm. once it has all this stuff just in the game and you can just play it, that's kind of what I'm looking for now. Yeah.
1: We'll see. Yeah. and, And honestly, I hope you're right. I hope that is what they eventually do. Um, and, and that's the double-edged sword of that, like, rotation system, is I actually think if you are someone like me who's been playing off and on since the game released, it's awesome. Like, there's that whole right. mentality, right, of like, oh, you know, a million options and nothing to do. All those options feel cool if they waver in and out of availability, like, or cool but mm-hmm. also just, like, novel again. Like, oh, that's back up. That's, not, you know, it's yeah. it's a repeating special at a diner that shows up once in a while that you remember right. and it's familiar. There's something to mm-hmm. that for regulars, and so... I don't. Know, I, I'm really. I'm really double sided on it, right? Like, there's no easy right. answer. But yeah, I, I, it's
0: it's mm. very much they are currently choosing to sort of like keep their core player base interested in playing rather than introduce yeah. new players, and that's not necessarily bad. I can't
1: blame them for that, honestly. It, it's a big enough base that they would want to keep it. I totally can see that.
0: Yeah, I, I don't mean, know they they've made their money honestly it's it, like it was the biggest launch of all time or whatever which is why it's fucking hilarious to me that they insist they have to have microtransactions to keep the servers up but that's a whole other conversation
1: yeah um but yeah so that that's the other main thing i've been playing other than that like i said just some i'm building my second competitive team for the new generation in pokemon and how i'm doing that is i'm just picking one pokemon and going from there so i'm trying to decide if i want to start with a Sableye or a gengar uh, oh, that's pretty much oh, me.
3: Yeah, I feel you so much right now. It's
1: those... I, Anthony, I, I Ghost is anymore. my favorite type, and both of the cool Ghost Mega Evolutions made it to Sun and Moon. It's so happy. I just need to make enough battle points, because the battle point economy in Sun and Moon is a wasteland. Um, well, sorry, they've been
3: releasing all the other ones, but yeah, I, I
1: know. That. I I We've talked about this before, so, like, I think with that is that if they were going to choose some Mega Evolutions to be available and not available in Sun and Moon, they should have gotten rid of the ones that gave more power to already overpowered Pokemon, like Garchomp and Metagross and stuff. Mm-hmm. Those were bad. The ones that were cool were ones like Mawile and Sableye. Sorry, we can go off on this all day. I mm-hmm. I think they should have stuck to their guns with that idea of only putting Summon Sun and Moon and done it differently. That's pretty much my thought on that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, that's pretty much me. Sorry.
0: Yeah. So I have two games to talk about this week, and I'll try to keep it short. Um... So uh, the first one is actually the second one I played, but I'm going to talk about it first because I have less to say, which is Voodoo Vince Remastered. Mm -hmm. Now, I I had never heard of Voodoo Vince, but it was a platformer that came out on Xbox 360 in 2003 that was very much a cult hit. Not a lot of people liked it, but everyone who did loved it. And it has now made its way back to Xbox One and to PC in a ostensibly remastered version. Um, Which, so here's the thing. I liked the game. I gave it a seven out of ten. That is a good score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was fun, but not I'm sure not sure it's gonna have.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but I'm not sure it's going oh, yeah. to have um, much appeal unless you are like a diehard fan of platformers and you like are really interested in this genre and everything it has to offer. Because otherwise, I would say Ukulele is better than this in every way. Um, Or even, like, Snake Pass or something. Like, it's just a whole bunch of these have come out in a row, and Voodoo Vince has not come out looking that good. Hmm. So the premise is that uh, there's this woman named Madame Charmaine. She has a voodoo shop in New Orleans. Uh, This guy named Cosmo the Inscrutable, who thinks he's the greatest magician ever but is actually just kind of a schlub, uh, sends two henchmen to steal her uh, zombie dust, which it's never really clear what it does. Except that he thinks he can use it to rewrite reality, but he's an idiot, and so he's just kind of messing reality up. Like, they're just spilling the zombie dust everywhere, and it's making random bullshit happen. Case in point, it brings a voodoo doll to life, and that is Voodoo Vince, and that is who you play as, and you have to save Madame Charmaine and stop Cosmo the Inscrutable and all that stuff. And it is a clever little game. It is a really, really uh, cool-looking game. Um, because it's, you know, that New Orleans aesthetic that we pretty much never see in games. Yeah. Um, but it's also this slightly warped because everything's messed up by zombie dust. And so it's really, really cool and unique. It doesn't look like anything we've seen every other game to go with that. It has an amazing soundtrack, like easily one of the best, probably the second best game soundtrack I've heard this year. Second, the other game I'm going to talk about, um, so like it's it's got a really cool presentation most of the stuff you do in it because it's similar kind of to i mean they're basically linear levels but you know you'll be stopped by having to fight a boss or solve a puzzle or any of the normal things you do in these sorts of 3d open world platformers and most of the things you do, most of the set pieces are really like clever and fun, and you do these cool things and interact with the environment in weird ways. Uh, combat, uh, Voodoo Vince can use voodoo powers, which are him hurting himself in some way that also affects every other enemy on the screen, and those animations are really fun. Like an anvil falls on his head, or there's a William Tell one where arrows hit. Every part of his body, every part of the enemies, literally arrows hit everything in the area except for the apple on top of his head. Um, And just funny, clever stuff like that. So it's got a lot of charm, it's got a lot of personality, but it is a very short and shallow game. Uh, like if you just play through the levels, it's short. Now they've added a ton of collectibles you can collect, but they're all pointless. They don't really feel like they do anything, and the levels aren't built around them the way they are with, you know, a banjo kazooie, a ukulele, a, a Mario sixty four. Right. Um. So they're just kind of pointless, and they feel like they're just there. So you really like it's more fun to not bother with them. And if you don't bother with them, the game's really short and shallow. Like I said, so that's kind of a point against it um but the biggest reason i counted it off really um gave it a, like a seven instead of an eight wasn't gonna get a nine but i, I could have seen an eight is that as a remastering it's not a great remastering now obviously i never played it on xbox 360 but just the pc version that i did play is not what i would expect from something that's remastered like the only change they've made is that it now runs in 1080p and 60 frames per second but I personally would count that as, like, the base requirement for a PC game. The graphics are still very dated textures stretched over ugly models that will, like, clip through each other and clip through the floor and clearly just aren't very well made. Um, there's a lot of technical issues. It crashes a lot. The auto camera is really shit. Mm. Um, to the point that it actually made me like motion sick and I couldn't play the game for more than an hour at a time because of that even though I was having a really good time I was like I would love to just like play this straight down I I could not physically because the camera is bad and he jumps just a little too fast a little faster than the camera and so like it has to catch up it's just it's nauseating and the keyboard controls are completely non-existent. They don't even show button prompts for keyboard controls. They only show button prompts for Xbox 360 controllers, which really shows you how little effort they've put into State remastering. State of the art, it, yeah. it's Still the same old button prompts. Um, so it's kind of a lazy remaster. But if you like, uh, uh, if you like platforming games and you want to see something different and kind of interesting in that genre, you might enjoy it. Take that. From a Sony fan but it's just I can't get over that comment man. that comment was bizarre. I didn't even I scored it higher than several other yeah. outlets and like pretty much the same I don't know.
1: I don't know. It's there's, weird. There's, there's no get, figuring this shit out. Sometimes there really people isn't.
0: People get angry over weird things. Nothing will ever top the comment that you, Nathan, got on your Bullet Bulletstorm article, which I don't know if we've ever talked about. Oh
1: God!
2: I think we mentioned it once that. and vaguely, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, um, that was that was interesting. That, that was that amazing. Is... <laughs> Thank you, first sending who commented. I,
0: here, I'm gonna pull that up oh, and uh, just give our viewers a taste of that. I've actually got it bookmarked because it made me <laughs> so happy. Uh, I, I save all the yep. weird, dumb comments we get. Like, the one uh, from uh, Wii U Second Opinion that was just a person who typed wrong 18 times. Yes, that yeah. was really all right. good. Or, uh, No,
3: that was, that was a genius one.
1: I would shake that And And there was the one on the, the battleboard and Overwatch one that just said, Are you retarded? like I, yes I, no 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 and, I mean, and sure important
0: not. retarded was spelt wrong that's yep. very important oh, yeah. it was
1: Retard. okay so uh
0: so nathan wrote an article way back in the gdc times his impressions of Bulletstorm full clip edition it's about the least like controversial article yeah. like it pretty much just says like this is what you were like this is what i played uh this is how it felt Is it going to be like this in final release? Who knows? Tell us what you think in the comments. But you, I think, opened, yeah, in your, like, in one of your paragraphs, you talked about, uh, you know, like, this is the famous game about kicking people in the dick. Because it is. That is one of the most famous things about Bulletstorm. Yep, yep, yep. And the comment is, in quotes, shoot people in the dick. Blah, blah, blah. Games was shit when it was originally released, and I'm not surprised a uh, SJW pandering pub slash dev is re-releasing this. Five periods. Oh my god. <laughs> Shoot men in the dicks! Because female warriors slash mercs slash enemies don't exist, right? That- It has one- The comment took has a won, at that
1: point. Yeah, that was-, was Fucking- yeah. who side are won you It has upvote.
0: On? On? From himself.
2: Shocker. Uh, but like, whose who's
0: side is that guy on? I
1: really want to know. He's dying on a hill that does not it's, exist. Yeah, it's not there. He's dying on the friggin' house from Series of Unfortunate Events that's the ev- edge of a cliff, and it's just, like, held up by weird stilts. Yeah. he's like, ah, oh, this house is fine. Man, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't
2: have even seen that comment if Francis didn't bring it up in our Hayboard Player work chat. And then I was just like, wait. Cause I was normally, like, wait, what comment? Normal- <laughs> I was like...
0: Yeah, cuz normally he would moderate that sort of comment, but on this one we had to let it stay. Yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. Thought it was amazing. How could you not?
1: I, it's a work yeah. of art. I'm all for if someone wants to make an ass of themselves, let them make an ass of themselves. Like, and obviously I'm, yes. I'm none of us are like the end all be all judge of what defines that, but like I don't know. I, I yeah, let let them fucking say mm-hmm. whatever know, stuff we right? can laugh at because of its weird innocuousness. Right.
0: But I want to get to the other game I yes, played this week do. because this is a game that is Really, it came out of nowhere. It really, really impressed me and some other people, mm-hmm. and I really want to talk about why it's so great. Uh, and that game is called—now I'm not totally sure I to pronounce this, but from what I understand, the Sexy Brutale. Yeah, it's B okay. R U T A L E. Some people say Brutale, some people say Brutal. I'm pretty sure it's Brutale though. That's what I've heard because it's a Portmanteau, Brutal and Tale. But anyway, that's what I'm going to call it. Don't get mad at me. Is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. <laughs> And the Sexy Brutale is a... The point-and-click adventure game is the closest thing to call it, but that's really not accurate. And if you don't like that sort of game, you probably will like this, so don't like write it off based on that. But the premise is, every year, uh, once a year, a figure named the Marquis opens up his casino mansion, the titular Sexy Brutale... And, to and like, holds a big masquerade party with a bunch of his closest friends. But this year, something is different. For some reason, the staff is killing all of the guests. Um, and the Marquis himself is nowhere to be found. Except for one, which is you. And for some reason, you're still killed, but afterwards you are visited by this girl who has no skin and is just made of, like, blood and organs and stuff and is dripping blood everywhere. And she gives you this magic pocket watch that lets you turn back time. And so what you have to do is you have to solve—there's seven different scenarios. Um, Most of the time you're solving one murder, sometimes you have to solve two murders at the same time because they'll be related— but basically what you're doing is you have to Groundhog's Day your way to solving the murders. Okay. Um, which is a really cool premise. So, like, yeah. the very first example, um, and this is the one that's really just a tutorial, so this isn't a spoiler, is uh, a staff member shoots one of the guests, a guy named Sixpence. Um, and so you, you know, you watch them do this, and then you reset time, and you have to replace the uh, bullet in the gun with a blank. And the thing is that, like, the staff member checks before he shoots. So you can't just take the ammo out. You actually have to replace it with a blank. Then he shoots the guy, and the guy obviously doesn't die, and the guy's able to fight him back. Um, so that's, that's the sort of thing. It's a, it's a mystery game, but less of a whodunit and more of a how stop it. And it's a really, oh. really cool idea. Um, one thing, because obviously this would make it too easy, you cannot interact with any of the other guests. And there's actually a really good story reason for that, as it turns out. Um, but, so you can't just, you know, say like, hey, you're gonna get murdered. You can't actually be in the same room as any of the guests. So you have to do things working in the shadows, and it's a lot of peeking through things and, you know, listening behind doors. And it's a really fun, cool game with, uh... It manages to avoid, even when it's more, like, inventory-based, the more frustrating aspects of adventure games, you know, the, like, obscure logic. Most of the puzzles are based on observation and actual deduction, so, again, even if you don't like this sort of game, you probably will like this one, because it's a very, very different take on it, and they've worked really hard to, like, make it intuitive and easy, and I, this is a game I would recommend to pretty much anyone who's interested in stories. Which is the next game I'm going to get to, I guess It has a phenomenal story um, And unfortunately I can't say too much Because this is like a game that has huge spoilers That really can spoil the game right. um, But I, it, the, I'll say this So I'd heard that it had a good story when I was playing it for review Because some of the other reviews were out For about the first two-thirds of the game, maybe as many as three-fourths, I was like, I'm not sure I see it. Like, it's got a really cool aesthetic and everything. I like the casino mansion. All of the characters are interesting, and all of the scenarios they're murdered in are interesting, but it really doesn't feel like it has a point. Well, it does. It's just that you don't see it really until the ending, which does an amazing job of tying together... Absolutely everything you've seen Stuff that you didn't even notice Like minor aesthetic stuff Like whenever you're in the same room as someone else The uh, visual effect to show you that Is that your mask lights on fire And that is introduced To just a visual effect There's actually a story reason for that Like there's a really smart story reason for everything And it's really like emotional and powerful and you really get a feel for these characters especially because so much of this game is going over the same parts of the mansion over and over i left feeling like as i said in my review where i gave it a 9 out of 10 i left feeling like i had really been to this place and like i had really interacted with these people like those characters felt that real to me and this place felt that real to me which is something that I would say I haven't really felt with the game since Undertale mm-hmm. that really does do a good job of making those characters feel like you're there's friendly. the high mark so for if, you yeah yeah so if you are like at all interested in story games especially if you also like puzzles really highly recommend the Sexy Brutale it also has as I said what I think is going to stand out as probably the best soundtrack of this year it's this sort of like a like electronic jazz kind of it's it's really cool it's not quite like anything I've ever heard it's it's like bastion not in that it's like mm. bastion's music but in that it feels like a mix of a bunch of other things you know but is unique on its own right um I really wish they would release the soundtrack because I would buy it they probably will eventually um and it is just... It's a it's a phenomenal little game. Now, I gave it a 9 out of 10 because some of the puzzles are a little annoying. Because of the time loop mechanic, sometimes uh, you... Like, sometimes you'll end up watching the same cutscenes a few times, which isn't horrible because the entire day only takes 12 minutes, so, you know, it's not like you're sitting there for
1: very long. So it's like an off day but, of episode of 5, ironically. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Ex- there you go. Um... And, uh, I don't know, there were just a few minor issues. There were some tiny technical issues, but really, like, there's nothing that's game-breaking. There's nothing that should really hold you back from playing it, I think. And I hope that at least one of you guys will play it, because I would love to, like, do a spoiler cast or something, or just, like, actually talk about the story of this game. Because right read? now I just have to say, trust me, play it. Yeah. Um, I do want to address this. The biggest complaint that a lot of people uh, have with it, and it feels like we have to have this conversation, like, I don't know, every couple of weeks or so, is that it is, for me, it only took six hours to play. And if you're a little smarter at puzzles, it'll probably take you less. Like, it's kind of a short game. For me, personally, I don't see that as an issue, because I would rather have a short game that's great than for them to pad it out. And the story, again, like, it's all focused around this one story, and the story is really, really tightly told, like it wraps everything up you don't feel like there's anything more that you wanted or needed to see you know and I feel like if they had just added more scenarios it would have just felt like padding because it would have just been padding out the story that they want so but you know so I personally don't think that that's an issue but if you're the sort of person who's like ah, I don't ever want to play a game that's less than 60 hours then sure <laughs> I guess look elsewhere you're missing out on something real good but whatever
2: uh that's such a weird. Yeah, that's such a weird thing that, like, people still bring up is like game length meaning value. I,
1: you know what I mean? I can't believe we're still there. Yeah, yeah I
2: can't believe it. It's weird.
1: Because it, like, it, you know, the, the obvious comparison is like, are the Lord of the Rings movie is Return of the King your favorite movie? Because the director's cuts like six hours long. No, you find yeah. other reasons for things to be your favorites and least favorites things. And like, yeah. you know, sometimes sometimes you do get a game where it feels like they could have spent more time in that world, like. Um, you know, I, I really like Bastion and Transistor. is a really good game. I feel like it could have been a little longer because I was left a little hungry for a bit more of that world. Like, that happens with games. Yeah. But, like, mm-hmm. you can't just act like it's all, like... I don't know. It, it's it's really no, weird to I, me. Yeah, yeah. I see, the
0: issue, I see the issue of length very much as a case-by-case. Yeah. Sure, yes. Like, there yeah. are some... Like, if I'm playing a big RPG... Um, if it's a $60 game and it's a big RPG and it's two hours long, I'm probably going to be like, mm, I don't know about that. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, yeah. a, a $20 adventure game, adventure games usually aren't that long. I'm more interested in, did I, what was the quality of the time I had with that game and the quality of the Sexy brutale was very very good. I, I've counted games off for being too short, but that was like, oh, jeez, what was the name of that awful game that was 20 minutes long?
1: Um... I don't know, but then there's another one uh, with a name that's escaping me that's about two minutes long that I, is one of my favorite weird things to come out on Steam that I wish I could remember the name of. Um, 30 Flights of Lovin'. Might be that I one. Um, Wasn't that the one?
0: Maybe. 30 Flights of Lovin' was one that was, like, really, really, really short. I, I
1: don't think that's the name of the one I'm thinking of. It's something my, my one of my former college roommates showed me once and I just fell in love with for existing, um, but I won't say anything about it because it would spoil it instantly, but the point is short can be fine and also by that same token there have been like games that are like 80 hour RPGs that I've stayed away from because I knew sometimes I can't like handle that much game and I know I won't be satisfied because I won't get to the end of it Yeah, because I won't have time like I am with Persona 5 right now but like the ceiling the point at which I'm invested enough to play 80 hours of one like single player game like that is often kind of high for me like it's worked with the Persona games it's worked with like Xenoblade Chronicles and a couple Final Fantasies here and there but that's kind of it i don't know i i i think we're getting better about that i think it's more like weird indie stuff comes out like inside with some people's game of the year last year undertale was a huge example of this like mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know man it, it's it's something yeah. we're getting better about but we still hear those complaints for no reason
2: yeah i think something uh, tell you what go ahead. no good well, go oh, okay. ahead, like the only thing I was going to say was that I was going to say
1: go to commercial oh, okay. break so if I go you uh, don't get okay. to move. well the only
2: thing I was just going to say is that like I think you kind of like mentioned it. Eyes that like game length has to work in tandem with like game design right where like mm. you, you felt like the game was good and like if they added more levels it wouldn't have added value it would have just been padding right and I think that's like also a thing mm-hmm. is like you have to know like I don't know like a game being long or short is all relative to like the game's message or like the game's exposition right i mean because i don't know like i felt like undertale like didn't need to be longer than it needed to be it felt like perfect like with its game length whereas like other games like oh there's a shit ton of things to do and it's like yeah really i you didn't need like five extra hours of side quests it just ruins go on collect
1: 900 korok seeds or every ubisoft Christ. game ever every bethesda yeah game. yeah ubisoft's yeah. a great example of that so is bethesda yeah, yeah. Most certainly. Good talk,
0: lads. Why don't we I'm go to break. commercial break. Okay. okay. So, you know what I have to sign for this week is that, that every week it feels like I'm just shouting the commercial breaks at people. <laughs> like, it just, it gets exhausting. So listen, if you've listened this far, you probably like us. If you go to heypoorplayer you can see more of us. You can read stuff we've written. You can follow us on Twitter, and then you can just pick out the things you like, rather than you know just look at. You could be like, oh, they've written something about the sexy brutale. tale. That seems interesting. I'll click on that. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, we have a YouTube channel, and if you look at these things with ads off, you give us a little bit of money. That would be nice. It We'd would. appreciate it. Would be very it. nice. But you know, just just think about it. Uh, beyond
3: that, Anthony, where can people find you
0: on the internet?
3: I am at Virtual virtualspirey, where I tweet. Oh, I'm at. Uh, that's probably a good thing to say. It's on Twitter. Um, <laughs> just maybe where I tweet random things. Right now, it's basically me talking about Makoto from Persona Five, just basically nonstop because she's the best, and the I want to protect she is the best girl. Like, I make fun of people who talk about waifus and, like, legitimately, like, have them. She's the closest thing I have. She's so she's such a good character.
1: Wow. Edit, edit around the word waifus and you just have a really sad <laughs> statement about your waifu, ironically. She's all I have. Really? Yeah. Jesus.
3: I have this podcast, Persona 5. And, like, a cat that bites me sometimes. That's all I have. So add me on Twitter so I can Tweet. at least have
1: something in my life. Tweet to Spivey about Persona 5 so he has meaning in his life. Basically. Jesus. <laughs> all right. So
3: after that, Depression Quest's out of the way. Who's next?
1: <laughs> Spivey, this is the second time one of us has named the game Depression Fa- depression Quest in a joke. What the fuck?
2: Oh, uh, my God.
1: I don't even like that game. Nathan, what about
2: you? Um, you can find me on
0: People need Nathan. <laughs> Nico Nico you, Nathan.
2: Nico Nico Nathan. You you can find me on Twitter, Nico, uh, Tumblr, Instagram, my Tech for That's Blazer hoodie, all one word. You can find me on my personal YouTube channel and god damn, my dogs are loud. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh <laughs> you can also I also have a professional website com. You can find my pro- portfolio and resume there and Oh, yeah. Um I'm going to E three, guys. Uh I got approved like Yeah. Like an hour ago. <laughs> Nathan, <laughs> so, yeah, we're gonna there we party
1: go. it up at E three. Fuck Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, you, me, Francis, and Mike Vito are going at this point. We are gonna tear it up at E three this year. Oh yeah.
2: Man, I, I am I am I'm legitimately excited to hang out with Lit J. And I wanna <laughs> see the combination of Lit J and Lit Nathan.
1: Lit J and Lit Nathan are gonna like Burn down a bar and like you two had st- better record.
2: <laughs> it. I'm
0: half tempted to say you guys should do a Poor podcast live and drunk.
2: We,
3: well, we talked oh, about they will be doing it. I, I was gonna say sure I was
1: that. I was gonna mention to you off the air the idea of us doing like like taking the reins and doing one live. If you want to be drunk, we'll, we can we'll, do it we'll, drunk. We'll
0: we'll talk about it off the air. I'm I am
1: down to drunk podcast any day oh of my the week.
0: God. <laughs> I'll I'll take my answer off the air. <laughs> And Jay, where can people find you?
1: Oh, Jesus. At E3, I don't apparently. I don't, yeah, I don't know why you'd want to find me. That's really a question that plagues the ages. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at salsing where I'm retweeting funny political things about how the world is going to shit and it's our country's fault. Um, and I'm talking about why Persona 5 is a very good video game that you can play with your, with your hands and your eyes. Um, you can also find me on Gaming Victims Unit, where the last episode of The Nuzlocke if you want to hear me the most genuinely sad I've ever been on any publicly available recording of myself, watch the newest episode of Nuzlocke. It's called the Cadabra Incident, uh, and it's <laughs> it's something else. We it's a, it's a tragic. It's my favorite this... episode so yeah. far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in which we learn Nathan Steer secretly enjoys my pain. Thanks, Hold on, is it? it wait, Nathan, is it because it has the word "bra" on it? Oh, <laughs> That's shit. The... Car de bras. <laughs> Jesus. Um, oh, I also want to real quick actually I'm give 12. a... 12. We're all 12. Who are you kidding? Um, if you don't mind, I actually really want to quickly give a plug to uh, someone who I briefly worked with because he lives with me. Um, my good friend and current co-housemate, Brendan Bush and a friend of his run a really good blog called Heck Media that I've been meaning to plug on here for a while because they do really good content. Um, It's just a a two-person show. They use some YouTube stuff and a lot of really good articles. Um, The reason I'm plugging them today is because Brendan just finished a six-part series called Scam Venture, wherein he uh, he got one of those scam emails from someone in, like, the middle of Africa telling him he had, like, $5 million in money wired his Mm -hmm. way. And Brendan sees that one day. Uh, This is, like, last October, I want to say. And says, all right... I'm going to just play this guy's game for a bit. Maybe write an article or two for heck about it. See how it goes. It is a six-part series, and it is the hardest I have ever laughed at something not like... At something any of my friends has made outside of some of the shit we've said on this show. It's a really good time. Um, And they have funny video stuff, too. So I I would suggest checking out Heck Media if you would be so kind as to give them a look on the web zone. Cool. Cool.
0: You can find me at Last Space Marine on Twitter, or you can check out. I have a Star Wars podcast at StarWarscast.tumblr.com, mm-hmm. which I am quite proud of, and which gets like ten downloads a week. So, uh,
1: bring it up to eleven. Let's th- do this.
0: <laughs> there you go. Beyond that. Uh, we also have the Hey Poor Player Forums, which, you know, you could get on that. It's where, like, if you want to just have a chat with us, that's where you can do that. Yeah. It's also the only place where you can ask questions. I have also now, um, to make things easier for people, if you want to ask the Hey Poor Podcast questions, you can go to tinyurl.com slash HP Podcast Questions, and Puff. that'll automatically take you to the relevant forum section and that'll be a permanent link. So there you go. Now it's even easier to find. It's just tinyurl.com slash HP podcast questions. We need your
2: questions to live.
0: We do, yeah. Well, we'll be living this week because we got a bunch. Oh, boy. I'm excited oh, to yeah. say this
1: sentence. Butts <laughs> McGee! On the McGee. Player uh, I want Butts McGee and Three Sheets to collaborate so badly. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, Butts uh, McGee is the name of my post-hardcore squad man. <laughs> Holy
0: shit. Butts McGee on the Hey Poor Podcast Forum says, Do you guys watch Let's Plays? And if so, what people slash groups do you watch? Uh,
3: I watch two groups, like, almost every day. Um, just because I've been following one since 2010 and the other one, because a bunch of my friends watch them and I got into them about two years ago. Um uh, the two best friends play, or best, or super best friends play on YouTube, uh, mm-hmm. the Pat groups, I, I enjoy their content a lot, cause they're <laughs> just a, they are friends, but they're also really big assholes to each other, just As on all every single friends thing are. they do, yeah, and you can tell that they enjoy what they do, but, uh, it's also really funny to watch them interact with their fans, because, uh. Like, for example, they are playing the first Dark Souls, uh, Patton, a guy named Wooly, and it's really funny watching them try to handle their f- uh, their fans being really shitty to them because they're doing things wrong, and they just comment on, it's like, yeah, I know I'm doing this wrong, I don't care. And I just really find those types of things funny. The other one is uh, Brain Scratch Commentaries, who is the channel I've been following since 2000, I believe, ten. Uh, it's a group of five or six people, just from various parts of YouTube, who get together and not really so much do let's plays, but they do a post commentary of games that they've already played through the channels of. So oh, that's they did a. F- so uh, yeah, they they're post hardcore. They talk, not post hardcore.
1: Wow, <laughs> wow I, you can tell you can tell I got
3: two hours of sleep.
1: Oh my today. god!
3: They uh, uh. post commentate. <laughs> that's for, the funniest
1: <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs>
3: I would love to. Let's do a post hardcore. Let's play it's oh, Me Jane. Oh. Yes,
1: absolutely. Jesus but, Christ.
3: Uh, but they do games like where they talk about like the whole series as a whole as well as do a whole playthroughs of the game. Uh they do uh they did a 50 part Sonic the Hedgehog 2006. Oh god. Let's play way back, way back in the day when YouTube I'm could so only handle like sorry. 10 minute videos. Yeah. If that's how long, that shows how long they've been doing stuff like this, and they've been going on. Uh, I watch that every year because they have a, they have multiple scenes of, like Sonic literally being teleported out of the stage and going into space and dying, um, and it's the greatest thing. A uh, brain scratch Commentaries. Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm. So they've been doing it. They have like way fewer subs than they should, just due to how long they've been doing this and <laughs> the fact that they've kept up almost consistently good content through. Like, eight years Mm -hmm. now, or seven or eight years that they've been doing this. Uh, But those are the two main ones I watch. I occasionally watch Game Grumps, but that's kind of died out. Like, I watch them occasionally just if they have a video of a game I want to see, or their Kirby Let's Plays, because they always make those stupid. But Mm -hmm. other than that, I don't really follow them anymore. Just I just don't have the time to watch two videos. Yeah, that's the same. Them. They Plus. just, they
1: release too many videos, but I watch them on and off. Yeah, I'll, I'll tune in once in a while, but l- l- like when they have, it's something that I'm into, or if they have a guest who I'm into. um, They had someone from Mega64 on a few months ago, actually, that was really good, with them, uh, playing a bunch of shitty Sonic games, actually, that was really good.
0: Yeah, I saw that had, one, it was actually They had, the I think this was a while ago, but they had the lead singer of Coheed and Cambria on, so you know, know I watched that. Yep. That They did! Yep, they sure cool. did. They,
1: had they also they, had a, a,
3: a couple people from, uh, HBO's, uh, Silicon Valley on there as well. They did a r they did like a 45 minute wrestling video of so them just roughing on wrestling.
0: I also think that their Guild Grump series is like like Bailey and I watched that together and we had such a good time. That's probably there's a billion different flavors of like World of Warcraft shows on the internet that one is probably still my favorite even above my own. <laughs> I will say
3: that that World of Warcraft uh, series that they did the fact that uh what fucking uh, not Barry Ross, the, Ross. Bought them the most expensive mounts. <laughs> Man, that pissed me off, and dude. And they trashed them.
1: Which <laughs> is, of course, so what happy. they were going to do. Of I don't know what it
2: was bruh, Okay, guys, I've been playing World of Warcraft for a very long <laughs> time, or I used to play for a very long time. Never got those mounts. How am I ever going to get those mounts? They get the mount and then they trash it, and I'm just sitting there like, bruh.
3: Dude, why are we on mounts? These are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know
1: how
2: long I'm Of wanted course, them they were going to do that, though. Like, yeah, yeah that's the anyway. only thing to do. Nathan, I, uh,
0: you a Let's Play man?
2: Um, Nathan's not really a Let's Play man, actually, which is... That surprises me a lot. But, um, the thing is, like, okay, here's the thing. I'm not that into Let's Plays. I do watch, like, the Polygon Let's Plays. I do watch yeah. Extra Play, which is a, like, um, a side channel to Extra Credits. And I like their stuff, mostly because, like, it's, it's a weird Let's Play that, while it is, like, a, a conventional Let's Play, it also, like, they also go into game design, which is something I'm like, really interested, but, mm-hmm. like, by that token, like, the thing is, I don't watch a lot of, like, Let's Plays, like, recorded stuff, and then they post on YouTube, but I do watch a lot of Twitch streams, so that's, like, mm. it's very similar, it's just live, and...
1: It's it's the same kind yeah, of thing, Yeah, it's the same think, thing, yeah. it's just
2: live, and, like, so, like, while I don't watch a lot of Let's Play series, I do watch a lot of Twitch streams, so I, I mean, so I am into that kind of stuff, you know, I just like the live aspect, the, uh, the, the I don't know, I like the, like, the interaction of, like, streamer with... Like the chat and the viewers, like that, like that's yeah. like all Twitch is. That's like the interesting part about Twitch. Like the actual video game part is not entertaining on Twitch. It's like the fact that like people are getting trolled and like you can answer questions oh. and you're having a dialogue and that's kind of the thing.
3: And if you really yeah. don't like them, you could always make them get swatted. Oh
2: god, man, that. There you go. Man, people will take. Don't do that, too far, man. <laughs> no,
3: yeah. By the way, hey, player not. Does not condone.
0: We've swatting. had a lot of fun today, but fucking. Dope. <laughs> don't, What's wrong don't with you? Don't swat yeah. people.
2: Don't like even like even like the whole like oh I I I ordered like ten pizzas and like sent it to their house. It's like don't do that. Come on. Now they can't Poor order from Pizza yeah, Now they can't honestly like, send
0: so send ten pizzas to my house.
1: <laughs> I could I could use ten pizzas right now. <laughs> yeah,
3: no, nowadays you have to pay for. Well yeah they they make like the streamer has a
2: favorite that's the problem. <laughs>
1: Earlier, uh, a few a couple months ago, someone actually did that to... Someone who lives in my house for me did that to our house with a pizza place. <laughs> sort of. It wasn't through ordering too many, though. He, uh... <laughs> He was very drunk. I don't condone his actions. Um, He was very drunk, called a local pizza place, asked if they had pizza logs. They said they didn't. And he said, well, fuck you then, you, and then called him some things bad enough that I'm actually not going to say them on air. And now we can't order from that pizza place anymore because they've blacklisted the phone number. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least we can't with his phone. And we we can never have him even talk in the background out of fear that they'll recognize the voice.
3: (laughs) What the heck is a pizza log?
1: It's a very northeast thing where it. All right, I'll describe. I mean, how it's, they it's look. pretty
0: self-explanatory. It's,
1: it looks like often they look like an egg roll, but with mozzarella cheese, bad tomato sauce, and pepperoni oh, inside. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's. I know it's what you're I, I've sometimes gotten them from my college cafeteria, thinking they were egg rolls because I love me a good egg roll. Bite into them, fuck! That's cheese.
0: It's what happens if you glue a bunch of bagel bites together, essentially.
2: Pretty. That much. was my breakfast. Jay, guys. once
0: again, we're talking about food in the question and
1: answer Hell section. Hell yeah! Hell yeah, we <laughs> are. <laughs> my breakfast. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, fans, just, hey,
3: just give us just give Tell- us questions <laughs> about food next week.
1: Absolutely. God damn. Um, I, I so we, uh, Nathan mentioned polygon. I definitely watched some of polygons' uh, let's play stuff here and there. Um, I'm a big fan of Vine Sauce. I know, like with him, half of with them, half of it's. Let's Play, and more than half it's, like, just corruptions, like, the stuff where they will like, take, oh, you know, the, the infamous let's break a Windows XP computer, which, which made the Bonsai Buddy thing famous and everything. Um, a lot of good stuff like that. A lot of good just corruption hacks that they do. That's always been a, a classic standby for me. Um, one that I've been getting into since I started doing the uh, Origin Platinum Nuzlocke is a channel called Captain Pappums, which does... I swear to God, almost everything they've done is a run of a Pokemon hack of some kind in a Nuzlocke form. So so they, they did one of Origin Platinum, that's how I found them. But then uh, they, they've done a lot of weirder ones too. They just finished one of Pokemon Sweet, which is a really weird hack where they replace all the types with different kinds of like fruit and baked goods and create their whole other type chart and their whole other game. And it's pretty cool, It's it looks hideous, um, it's a lot of just bright pinks where they don't belong, but it's a cool game. Um, and they do a lot of good stuff. they they their relationship, the two guys who are usually on there is just one of them is always the one playing it, and the and he's just constantly mad at everything the other one's doing. They have a very antagonistic relationship towards each other that makes for a lot of really fun uh, stuff. They also have a kind of older are you smarter than a fifth grader playthrough that's really funny? <laughs> um and that that's that's a good time. Other than that, I don't <coughs> excuse me, I don't I don't watch a ton because when I do, it's usually in the background, like we said about a few things. Um, I like pro-Jared now and then. I, I, I do enjoy pro-Jared stuff. Yeah, pro-Jared is something I
3: have to do, like, occasionally. Like, yeah, just I, because I, of how he is. Oh, see, I, I oh, yeah.
1: enjoy the way he... Let me put it this way. He reminds me of if Markiplier was someone who I could bear to listen to for more than 30 <laughs> seconds. That would be pro-Jared in many ways for me. Yeah, I can uh-huh. understand like I, I love Markiplier. I just I, do not enjoy the way he talks about games and plays. I,
3: like... I love Pro Jared's actual videos. His let's plays uh depending on what they are, they're either way too uh cut heavy like his Pokemon mm-hmm. Nuzlocke, which I he... can't stand. Oh really? Okay. He just he cuts out like half of the game. Hmm.
1: See, I, I oh, that here's that too, the def I, I got here. But, but, but yeah, yeah no, that's, but what, that's true.
3: That's also a thing about Let's Plays that I have difference than other people. When I watch a Let's Play, I want it to be the whole game. I don't like, mm. mm-hmm. oh, here, we have the first 30 minutes of a game and we're never going to touch it again, which yeah. is one of the reasons I can't watch Game Grumps sometimes. See,
0: this this question made me kind of a little sad a little nostalgic not like deeply sad but because i it made me realize that i used to watch a ton of let's plays not a ton of different channels it used to be it's the reason i wanted to do game stuff on youtube it like because that was my main source of entertainment was i liked to watch yeah. let's plays and i was into um i really liked uh yahtzee croshaw and his sure. friends let's drown out series um which was kind of a different take on things and uh the unskippable let's plays and just like God, I can't even remember. So many different channels that I watch. And this question kind of made me realize that I've fallen out from that. And I think for me, it's pretty much exclusively a time thing to where I now prefer the ones that are like, here's 20 edited minutes of, like, kind of an overview of the game. Um, Just purely because of of time constraints. I can't necessarily sit down and watch a whole Let's Play. However...
3: I, I can agree with that. Oh, like yeah. I understand that, but that's why I do like just parts, mm-hmm. like a 20 minute part of something, and I can do that for a couple months rather yep. than have them set on there.
0: Right. The one Let's Play channel that I do still watch pretty regularly and can highly recommend is uh Retsupre. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of that. I've heard, I, I of, heard, them. heard I've of them. It. I've never yeah. seen
3: it. I keep on th- meaning to, ch- uh, to take so, the time out to watch a couple, but I just mm-hmm. haven't.
0: So Retsupre is a super old channel. It's made by uh, two guys. Uh, one is Diabetes, that's his username. The other is Slow Beef, And Slow Beef is the guy who actually coined the term Let's Play. So these are like, you know, these are old-timey uh, YouTube stars, I guess. But um, with Supre, it started as... Obviously, the name is sort of like a, a corruption of the word Let's Play. Um, and what they do is... Well, how they started is making fun of uh, other bad Let's Players. So they would do Let's Plays over Let's Plays. Uh, so, you know, the ones that are. And some of those are fucking hilarious. Like, the ones that are like, I mounted a tripod camera um, in front of my television screen and it looks bad, but also the camera is broken so it keeps zooming in, and so I'm having to zoom out so it's constantly zooming in and zooming out is one of them. <laughs> Or, like, just Let's Plays where it's a Let's Play of some anime game, and the guy is pretending he's Let's Playing it with his waifu from the game, and he's doing the voice, and it's god-awful... And so that's how they got their start, and that's funny. They've kind of expanded to where they're now doing, like, they do long plays of their own. Uh, They also do a series called Kickstarter Non-Starters, where they, uh, like, watch bad Kickstarter videos, and that's really fun.
1: I think I've seen some of those, actually. I didn't know that was them, but I've seen a couple of those, now that you say that.
0: Yeah, they have have a wide variety of content, and all of it's good, but I do really enjoy their Let's Plays. Um, I would highly recommend to anyone... Their, uh they often let's play games that other people might not notice. Um, so, like they have one of a game called Ambition, which is a oh. uh, Flash Newgrounds game. Yep, a- and it <laughs> uh, Fuck, their Ambition. let's play is probably the most famous of it. It is it is probably the most insane game, quite possibly ever, and it is fucking amazing. And I highly recommend that. Um, they did one of a game called Dark Seed Two that a couple other people have done now. That is just also equally nuts and like a lot of their in jokes come from that um i also really really like they did a king's quest 5 let's play that um is not as popular for some reason some of their other stuff but that i think is one of the funniest things they've ever done probably just because i'm a big fan of king's quest who also fucking hates king's quest 5 (laughs) (laughs) so uh but yeah retzupre they're they're really really good They're I l- like them, and they're probably the only Let's Play channel I'm watching continuously right now because I like them so much more than other people. Nice. But McGee also asked if you had to eat part of a person, which part <laughs> would you eat, and how would you want it prepared? Oh, which we're just gonna wow. skip right over because obviously on this podcast we are all proud eaters of ass. Yes, very pr- proud <laughs> and
1: active. Uh, <laughs>
3: someone else Sergeant can have-
4: pa- <laughs> Sergeant no. Polaris. No, Particip- uh,
3: <laughs> we're not
0: <laughs> no, doing this you fucking have to get question. Into this.
3: No, but oh, uh, no, but the whole we're thing We're not is, doing this question. Hold on, this hold question on. is dumb. Hold on, but Let would you rather AF fry... Speak. I had a good joke! Hold on. Would you rather fry it, or would you like have to do it like <laughs> with, like, shredded... Like, See, I do good it, like, question. Good follow-up.
1: Important follow-up. I'm gonna go fried. Maybe even grill Sergeant it. Sergeant Polaris, participant of the Hey Poor Player Forums, asks, well,
0: okay, your first question is what is your favorite game no one has ever heard of? A question we've answered twice. Yeah. So, gonna yes, skip that yeah. one. Yeah. Your second question is: What game has the best
1: soundtrack in your opinion? Jesus!
2: Oh, how so am I? So question. Let's bring exactly. it
3: back to Persona Five. Uh,
1: <laughs> the Persona games are good answers. I
3: wish Persona Five had my best soundtrack, but I do not like most of it. That I surprises prefer- me. I'm.
1: I'm, I'm into- I I I, 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 it-
3: I hate. Hmm. The, I hate the bat- The main battle theme. Really, I think okay. I think it's because of the memes. Yeah, I really okay. do because the, the- I've heard I've I don't like like. I love the you never see it coming like that yeah. actual part of the song I love it the rest of the song is boring
1: you know actually you, you're onto something there a little bit the, the vocalist when she's doing normal verses I think it's the same one who sings the like intro video song she I is, don't like yeah, the way the she one. sings it I there's something about it I, I, that's a little off putting I think I'm with you there actually yeah. Overall, um, I thought but, uh, it was a really
3: good soundtrack. I, I bought the Persona 3 DLC just so I can switch it to baby, 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 baby. Ah, that, nice. The opening, to or the battle theme. Uh, but that's cool my answer, Persona 3. Not an answer Yes, it me. is. Hold on. Yes, it is. Hold on, I. I know I you're so mad about angry Buds, but. Jesus. I know you're mad about Master McGee, but. <laughs> I'm hungry and cranky. I'm sorry. Oh. Well, you can't eat my ass, so. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's shocked. what you
0: think. Oh, my God. <laughs>
3: Uh, it's already taken. Anyway, Persona anyway, 3 um, Persona Three. Soundtrack. Honestly, um, just the Persona soundtracks overall are the best out of the ones. I just I forgot to mention that I'm not a fan of the music of Five, is why I brought mm. that up. Um, but Persona Three is amazing. Uh, other than that, um, the original Gold Silver Crystal for Pokemon. Yeah, I yeah. don't. I do not like the remakes in Heart Gold Soul Silver. I you don't, don't like them in general
1: or just the music?
3: The well, in general. But
1: wow, okay, that, that's a conversation we need to have sometime. Bookmark that.
3: Yeah, but uh I I think the remixes aren't boring, but I'm I was really happy that they brought the original soundtrack back when you beat the game. Yeah, that's cool. But so those are but those are my two favorite video game soundtracks overall. And then a bunch of Sonic ones would be a close third. <laughs> yeah.
1: I my my immediate answers are my immediate answers cuz one of the two games involved in it is the one game the soundtrack to which I own on vinyl, which is Transistor. I own Transistor's soundtrack on vinyl. Um Darren Korb is this is embarrassing, but one of few video game music composers I can name in terms of their actual mm-hmm. name. Um, I love everything he does. It just From Bastion the Transistor to everything we've heard for Pyre. Um, I, I just think he is really good at looking at visual landscapes and visual themes and story themes and figuring out like in this really odd but interesting way exactly what kinds of sounds and musical tones will blend perfectly with those and he's really good at that um so that that's my first one also all the vocal work he did with um i forget her name but the main vocalist who did a lot of stuff is really cool as well um, so there's that Anthony mentioned Pokemon. So I have to mention a Pokemon one, which ironically would be black and white, which I've gone on record saying is my least favorite Pokemon games. The soundtrack is have black have and white soundtrack. rules. That's a really good soundtrack. Uh,
3: the Getty, spe- uh, soundtrack or sa- song in particular. Guess Ge- this is
1: really great. good. Guess A lot of the city themes are really good in embossed city. Um, those, and then The World Ends With You on the DS. Yes. Is,
3: that's a really good one, too. Yeah,
1: to I, I, I said how Transistor is the one soundtrack I own on vinyl. Uh, the World Ends With You is one of two, vi- no, one of three video game soundtracks I own on CD. Uh, and I got it from, like, PlayAsia when I was, like, 14. Didn't even know what PlayAsia was. That I got it sound- from uh, mm.
3: them, too. It's yeah. it is such a good soundtrack.
1: Yeah, it's also just a very sleek package in that case. But, no, that is that is a really neat one, kind of along the lines of, like, Perso, like, I was thinking about this, the Persona games and The World Ends With You and Splatoon have very similar aesthetics in a lot of ways. There's just this, like, just this cool Japanese graffiti skater punk bullshit that I just can't Mm -hmm. get enough of. And that is injected very well into the soundtrack of that game. It's just a lot of really good, like, Japanese pop and, like, gangster rap and hip-hop and everything else in between. And some of it's in English, some of it's in Japanese, and it's all just, like, oh, it's all really good. It's... Game soundtracks where I have vocals going on in the music during like battle and stuff can sometimes take me out of it. In that game, it drew me in more, mm-hmm. and that's cool.
2: Nathan, um, I think I think this is like an answer that will like change like every time you would ask me it. But like I, the the, the, sure. the ones I can right. think of right now, um, I really like the soundtrack of Super Mario sixty four. Like every world, every world theme is fucking amazing, and I could like. I could probably like if you if you played like one of them i could tell which world it's from and it's probably just because i played that game so much as a kid but like that like that i love the soundtrack of super mario 64 it's super iconic and i like the soundtrack to morrowind um the guy who did morrowind actually did like all the other games after so oblivion and skyrim and god damn dog i'm sorry i'm super sorry but um yeah so that and joke answer uh love live love live Love Live has an amazing soundtrack. <laughs> Love Live you. is Love Live, Nico Nico Nico.
0: Um god, this is this is so hard Those for
2: me.
3: Those dogs to... are barking to let, be let out from hearing the uh, the Love Live <laughs> soundtracks on repeat over and over again. They want to uh, be free.
0: Yeah, this man, this question is is very hard for me because there's so many i like i'm just gonna list a fucking bunch uh anything bobby prince has ever done all of michael land's monkey island soundtracks except for three battle block theater portal uh especially portal 2 much more than portal actually now that i say that that's good um uh bastion of course uh honestly sexy brutale has made its way up there poker night at the inventory um fuck probably a bunch i'm forgetting uh doom 64 the new doom game rise of the Triad. Uh, on the Rainslake, Precipice Press of Darkness Four, but my favorite um, above all these, I think, and really, I have been agonizing over this. I Sergeant know. Polaris, I hope it's, you know what it's you've a, done to me.
1: It's a fucking hard question. Yeah, I mean, but I think yeah.
0: I think that my favorite, certainly the one I've listened to the most, would have to be um, Jared Emerson Johnson soundtrack for Sam and Max: The Devil's Playhouse. Hmm. Uh, Jared Emerson Johnson is actually someone who I like a lot. He is Telltale's in house music guy. Um, he's done a couple other things, but that's pretty much it, and I truly don't think he's ever written a bad soundtrack, and I think most of the time it's, like, great. Like, the theme for The Wolf Among Us is, like, one of the best video game tracks ever, I think. Yeah. And I really especially like all of his Sam and Max music, because he kind of started in jazz, and Sam and mm-hmm. Max soundtracks, like are jazz based so he kind of gets to do what he's best at but the devil's playoff soundtrack is the best i think for many reasons a big part is that one went like way more sci-fi and way more surreal than the others so he incorporates a lot of like cool weird sci-fi sounding stuff a lot of synthesizers a lot of even like theremins to give it that old-timey 50s feel um it just he manages to incorporate the weird shit with the jazz and matches the tone of what is in and of itself a really weird game with a really difficult tone that is like hard to sometimes balance between all of the weird different things that game is trying to do and he manages to like perfectly set the tone with some songs that like get stuck in my head all the time and i absolutely adore so uh devil's playhouse kind of an obscure weird choice but i will absolutely stand by it as one of the best game soundtracks ever
1: I hear you. I, I have one other I wanna say real quick that popped into my head and I can't believe I didn't think of it. Night in the Woods is my favorite soundtrack of this year so far. Um really, mm-hmm. really cool use of like distortion and stuff. Like there's one character whose theme is very specifically what sounds like an electric guitar being played on the other side of a very crowded CD bar. There's all this just really neat like ambient stuff and sound effect stuff and really cool different sounds. Mm-hmm. Um this whole points of the game where you're in dreams looking for people playing instruments and the like songs they construct as you find them are really catchy and kind of nightmarish in a really unique way. A lot of it feels like you're just like the game knows when to make you feel like you're in a trapped in a circus you can't get out of and knows when to make you feel like you're just at home in your bed and everything's okay. And that's, it does that in amazing ways that I can't put into better words than that. Mm-hmm. sorry had to interject with that no the last there you second. go yeah
0: actually there's two others that i forgot one is uh the soundtrack to lisa which is a game i talked about on the first second opinion short is one of the best coolest weirdest soundtracks ever and even though it's really obvious and everyone else is probably already thinking it undertale all yep. right yep i think that's the last question we're gonna answer this week we did get another one on twitter but we don't have time and twitter questions aren't as important to us as the forum questions, so sorry, we'll answer you next week. This happens sometimes. Why don't we get into the news?
1: I'm thinking about favorite soundtracks the rest of the night now. Fuck Cave yeah, Story. Yeah, my dog. Cave my dog, dog okay, fucked with my
2: thoughts, soundtrack. but it, I was gonna put Fez also, but you know, it's. Fine. Oh, Fez is good. Fez, Fez is, is really good. good. Fez is one of my favorite game soundtracks in,
3: um, in top two. Sonic Adventure Two Battle. Yep. Uh, Mega Man Two. Mega Man Two.
0: Oh, they're and that was just naming good game music.
2: Of... Yeah, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> so I know we have a lot to say about a bunch of trailers came out this week. Oh, the boy. biggest one obviously being Tom and Jerry Willy Walker's <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Yes, what let's put two characters
3: important? that haven't done anything in decades with the worst movie that I've seen in my show. Whoa! Childhood. if anything Wait, that hey, showed me a back that, the fuck that was
2: amazing, up. so I
3: don't know. I hate... Charlie Are and the Chocolate Factory so much. You're no talking about the newer version. one, right? Yeah, okay. No, yeah. both. The first really? one scarred oh. me as a child, and I hated the second one.
1: Oh, huh.
3: Like, I still Whoa. have nightmares about the fucking uh, guy who gets sucked up into a chocolate bat. <laughs> that
1: is scary. I, no, I, okay, all right, I can see that fucking you up a little if you saw it at the wrong age.
3: <laughs> okay, like, no...
0: But seriously, I know that, uh, Jay, you wanted to talk about the Thor Ragnarok trailer. I would love to. The first time I've ever
1: been excited for a Thor movie.
3: Exactly, Jay. We have the same thoughts. Guys,
0: guys, I gotta be honest. I don't get it. Everyone has been saying the same thing about this, which is that, oh, at last, a Thor movie looks interesting. And I'm with everyone else on the last two Thor movies being watchable to bad. Um, But... I don't get why this new trailer has everyone has everyone excited. Like I, I mean, watched it, of course I watched it, and I was like, I don't know, this seems weird and out of place. So, so maybe you guys can explain it to me.
1: Totally, yeah. Um, so like, Anthony, you know, you and I can hop back and forth here, but like for me, looking at it. What it is the thing I don't all right. There's two main things I don't like about the first two Thor movies. One is that they don't do a great job of making Jane Foster's character a continually interesting romantic interest. Um, Fine actress, just not a great character, which is a theme with love interest in a lot of Marvel stuff. The second is that is that for all of the really beautiful art direction. I don't find any of what they portray as Asgard to be interesting in any way. And so Hmm. the fact that they're stepping further away from that than ever immediately intrigues me. And the fact that even at that, they're stepping into, well, honestly, and this is why I'm surprised you weren't at least a little more on board, what looks like a very Guardians of the Galaxy-inspired section of the multiverse is, like, I am fucking on board for that. It looks weirdly like a little bit Fifth Element inspired and some other stuff. Like, there's so much of that movie that remind of that trailer, rather, that reminds me of stuff from Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff from other stuff like that that is just in this kind of wackier corner of the Marvel Universe that, I mean, relatively wackier, right? Like, you know, obviously they all have jokes. But the other thing with the first two Thor movies is that, I like Thor as a character at his best in the Avengers. When he's a little bit of the comic relief in the Avengers, he isn't that in the Thor movies because he's the main character. It no, looks because like...
0: the appeal of the appeal of Thor is this literally and figuratively completely alien creature. Yeah, it's fu- in like completely out of his element. That's the yeah. appeal of Thor. When he's in his element, who gives
2: a shit?
1: And and in this one, it looks like he's completely out of his element again. And that's something that I think is really cool. Um, also, like, and they did a bit of this in the first Thor, but. I think it's it's gonna be more potent now that we know the character a little better. Mjolnir has been shattered; like his his power in his own world is gone, and that immediately makes a, a character like that a lot more interesting to me. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. think it's I'm, all his
3: power though, because he's well, still they're doing what is really cool. Like one of my real life friends posts or talked to me about this because um, when Thor and uh and the Hulk, which yeah. is my main big thing for this movie, is oh they're bringing God. back the Hulk. They're bringing World Mm -hmm. War Hulk into this, which because of the rights, they can't really do a Marvel without Universal's approval. They have a bunch of BS too. Also, they wouldn't sell that well. I don't think
1: that's that's their also their thought with that.
3: Yeah, I think I think no, they they
0: kind of burned their bridge with the first Incredible Hulk movie being off
3: uh, So that makes me really happy. The other thing is that they are going with that 80's aesthetic. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. that is when the like I've been talking to my friend; he's a really big Thor fanatic. Like, that's his main Marvel dude. And he's been talking about that's when Thor's comics were actually good. It was during that time. And it looks yeah. like they're taking a lot of inspiration from that whole decade of comics. So, that's okay. why he's excited. That made me happy that they're, you know, mm-hmm. going through For sure. more stuff.
0: And I'll definitely say this. It's a trailer. Like yeah. with the other big trailer we're going to have to talk about. Yeah. Um, it's I mean, it's just a trailer. If We don't know shit about shit. these things might not even be in the movie like if Rogue One taught us anything it should be that but um so here's my counterpoint as you know adults who can have different opinions um it, to me, yes, I get where you're coming with where it does seem goofy, it does seem Guardians of the galaxy yeah. but that's not what was interesting to me about the Thor movies. I actually disagree with you, Jay, in that what I thought was interesting about the Thor movies was Asgard, was okay. this idea of a far future uh, civilization that for some reason is still using swords and is still like a fantasy yeah. setting. That is what's cool about that to me. If you ask me, the best part of any Thor movie is the beginning of the second film, where there's that battle where they're mi- it's a mix of like medieval like dudes with swords and shields and laser guns, in a way that is like incongruous but also somehow works Hmm. that to me is what i always wanted to see more of the thor movies doing basically not fucking around with thor who's a boring character and his daddy problems just showing us this interesting world that it feels like they're always promising and never really showing um Mm -hmm. so i wanted like that's what i wanted and instead, as you say, this movie seems like it's going in a very Guardians of the Galaxy direction. Like honestly, when it opened up with that, I don't remember the exact wording, but yeah, that's me. <laughs> you wondering... probably <laughs> you're probably wondering how I got here. I like that... cringed. My skeleton left my body because that's it's I don't meme. know. Like maybe it'll and that's work. A meme. And I just and I don't know anything about the comics, but like that's not. What I want, I didn't want Thor to become Guardians of the Galaxy. I I just wanted Thor to deliver on the promise of his own setting, and instead it kind of felt to me like they're completely abandoning that in favor of making a film that is completely tonally different from the other films, and just not like I wanted to see a fantasy adventure in space. That's what I wanted. Instead, it's like a road trip movie with the Hulk, which could still be fun, but I guess I was a little disappointed because I still think they could make the sort of Thor movie the first two were trying to be just with a better writer and director than those films had. That's my opinion. Also, I... I was not at all interested. Another moment where I was kind of, like, cringing was when the hammer broke. I guess I get why you like it, but just, we've seen so much of that from uh, Avengers 2, you know, constantly showing the broken masks and the broken... uh, Civil War, actually, I think, was, like, Mm. the broken shield and the broken mask or whatever, and it was the same thing with Avengers. You have the Dark Knight Rises had that, like, infamous shot of the broken mask. Even Star Wars, both Episode (laughs) 7 and Episode 8, their trailers have shown different versions. funny. Differently broken levels of the broken Darth Vader mask. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's more that I can't even think of, but, like, that seems to be the thing now, especially with superhero films, is iconic whatever, like, iconic item, but it's broken. Oh, is the superhero going to die? No, the what? fucking Marvel movies will never die, no matter what. Like, so, it's not... There's. I feel like there's no
1: actual tension. Well, Me, personally, that's my take. I, I get that. So, so my, my thing about that, if I if I may, is like I agree with you, right? That's the thing we see a lot. But I think what that trailer does is it doesn't, in my opinion, act on the pretense of trying to make you feel that that's going to mean Thor's fucked. I, I don't, for a moment, feel that that's what that trailer is trying to do. I think that trailer is just trying to say, oh, doesn't have this now. Let's see what he is gonna do because no, he's not gonna die because that would be ridiculous. And I, I don't know. That's how I took it. That's how I took it in like Civil War and even Avengers Two, like. I I don't see those and automatically think, oh, God, they're trying to make me think the guy's fucked because obviously he's not. I just think, oh, this is going to be like, you know, some level in a video game where there's like a paradigm shift in terms of mechanics. It's just going to be different. It's going to be us seeing a character doing Mm -hmm. shit he doesn't normally do. Like, we don't see him, like, dying. We see him in a gladiator's arena with two swords. It's just, I don't know. I'm down. I'll to say the I'll say this, Jay.
0: Yeah, I think it's real, and we really can't get into this too much. Yeah. But you and I have talked in private about the fact about we disagree on a lot of the Marvel movies. Most yeah, specifically, I hate Captain America two, mm-hmm. which you think is the best, I, and you hate Iron Man three, which I think is among the best. Yeah. Um. And so I just think it's interesting that the reason. Uh, one of the reasons you don 't like Iron Man Three is because it 's not very much iron man it 's mostly Tony Stark bleeding at people, which <laughs> is what I find compelling about that is that it 's about what is it 's about this guy who is the least powerful of the Avengers, certainly the least like magical. He relies completely on this one item. What happens if you take that away from him? How right. do you think of right. that? So, um, so that's what I like about it, and that's one of the things you don't like about it. And again, that's fine.
1: Adults yeah, yeah. have differing opinions. I just
0: think it's funny mm-hmm. that we seem to have swapped for this movie. Yeah,
1: well, and that's a good point, right? So, like, when Iron Man 3's trailers, and this is brief, when Iron Man 3's trailers came out, I was really excited for it for the exact same reason I am for Thor, because... That isn't, you're, you're right, that is interesting. My thing with Iron Man 3 is, personally, I found the ways in which they did that exploration of him just not as compelling as you did. You know, that's that's kind of apples and mm-hmm. oranges, everyone's personal preference exactly, of yeah. what they want to see developed. And But that doesn't mean I'm not going to also be excited for it the next time I see one of these do it. And so I my thing mm-hmm. with Thor is I, I hope I like it more than I did when they did it with Tony Stark. Obviously, different writer and different director. You know, again, apples and oranges. Yeah. We'll see. I,
0: I think that I think that the biggest difference for me is mm-hmm. that, again, subjective opinion. Yep. I find Tony Stark an interesting character on his own. Robert Downey sure. Jr. is an excellent actor. Yeah, Tony Stark, I think, is a really interesting character. So, Tony Stark without Iron Man, I'm like, I would still watch that because I find that character interesting. I don't care about Thor. The be- mm-hmm. like let's be honest Thor 2 is Loki 1 like nobody <laughs> cares about Thor in that movie we're all watching it for Loki that's what makes it in- that's the interesting compelling character He Fuck, he's the one who actually gets an arc in Thor yeah. the Dark World is Loki so like I-, I don't care about Thor I think his hammer is cool and when he loses his hammer it's like oh so there's there's nothing I'm really interested in here mm-hmm. but again his trailers we'll see Nathan yeah. before we move on do you have a hot take
2: Am, am I muted? Oh, I'm oh, muted again. Dude, you dead.
0: mute
1: yourself again?
2: <laughs> again? God damn it, Nate! No, I wasn't talking though, literally. So it was fine. That was fine. Um, yeah, I don't. Okay, like here's the thing. I actually agree with, mostly with what Jay and Anthony are saying. I do like the tone of it, but mm-hmm. I do agree with something I brought up, and it's only because like we've watched a decade of Marvel movies, like Jesus, everything lead... decade, hasn't it? Holy yes, fuck. it has. And oh God! A decade. no, because huh? the thing is, like Ragnarok was. Hinted in Thor two, it wasn't even like um, Age of Ultron. It was in Thor two, yeah. and the, the thing it's is, like wild. everything leading to Ragnarok, totally made it seem like it's a different movie. Like even the scene in um, Age of Ultron, it was like yes, like really weird. And of course it's Ragnarok because it was like apocalyptic, and it, like even like this weird like that weird yeah. costume party with the mask, which is
0: is probably a big part of it. Is that I was expecting like this is the end of Thor's world, and instead yeah. it's. Guardians of the Galaxy 2.5, it's, uh, featuring none of it's the Guardians Thor of the and Galaxy
2: and Hulk's uh, totally uh, like a adventure.
0: You know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> there you it's, go. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Thor yeah. and Hulk's totally excellent yeah. adventure. Which I well, yeah, well, which might be the name of the podcast. With uh,
3: <laughs> sliding this off just a little bit off topic. um you mentioned the Guardians of the Galaxy did you see the news that they posted I think either today or last night about how it's going to have five post credit scenes yeah I saw that so what? I, think I, I, did I did not saw that, but I fuck say. yes All yeah right. so we're going to have enough Guardians because that, that's an I've entire been... movie by itself yeah
0: I've been staying out of Guardians of the Galaxy news because I don't want to catch any spoilers because I'm so excited that, for that movie. Yeah. Oh, no, in terms of night. the
3: storyline itself, that that's fine. All I saw is that as the title of a thing. Yeah. And I, no, no, no. And I I'm sure, no
0: it,
1: so. that I like, that No, that's fine. I'm just explaining
0: why I haven't seen anything.
1: I'm glad that with you and I's disagreements on a lot of other Marvel movies, we can come together and dine together on Guardians of the Galaxy fucking rules yes <laughs> uh, i think
0: that guardians of the galaxy is the best of them but honestly things that's probably there. just because yeah. i like that's probably just because star wars is one of my favorite things ever and before we actually had good star wars movies again <laughs> i described guardians of the galaxy as good star Wars. new, <laughs>
1: new good star wars yeah
0: yes and now we have both, so that's great. Yeah. Yay! I mean, uh, you know what? I wasn't thinking of it, but that's a good segue. Obviously, the other big trailer that came out this week was for Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Oh, God. And
3: oh, I love how that trailer is... showed nothing. No,
0: yeah, yeah, not really. Just like the first episode 7 trailer. Yeah. And I'm really fucking tired of all I mean, ironic considering what we're about to do. I'm tired of all the hot takes on that that are like we dissected every second of it like There's it doesn't it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You're not going to find anything. Disney would like Disney has Star Wars so unlocked. There is mm-hmm. nothing that leaks. There is nothing that is put out that they have not specifically like I want to say
2: something really quick. So I had a friend who worked at Lucasfilm. Uh, He was an intern. They okay, Mm. and this is just like to show how much Disney like wants to keep their properties like hush hush. They they said yeah. They said if you're working here, we're gonna put a thing on your phone, and if anything regarding Star Wars, even like a little bit like like comes out like and if in the and essentially if you leak anything relating to these terms. We will, like, destroy your phone. This program will, like, delete everything Jesus. on your phone. and we. Holy crap. Yeah, and I was like, I, I am I'm, not surprised.
0: <laughs> I'm not su- No, I'm not. And Like, that explains how there haven't been as many leaks as there are for other yeah, things. Yeah. Like, so all the people who are like, we've figured out what the entire movie is about from no, this trailer. You no, haven't. you haven't.
1: You so really haven't. Episode 7 However, proves that you haven't. Episode 7. Exactly. Everyone walked in and saw those opening credits start to roll and saw the line, Luke Skywalker has gone missing, and realized, Oh, we don't really know what this movie's about. And I guarantee you it's gonna yeah. be the same low level Yeah, in episode And every
0: eight. and remember how everyone thought that Finn was gonna be the Jedi? Yeah. Remember Yo, that?
2: Yeah. yeah. And they, so like they, <laughs> yeah.
1: they maintain switched us really well.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah, no. So like but from like an artistic slash how interested in it are you perspective, which is what we do, mm-hmm. what'd you guys think of that trailer?
1: I thought it was good. Um Honestly, it, it, like like we just said, it's not giving away a lot and it's not going to be. I wish we had seen, let's say, just like a shot of a new character or something that looked a little mm-hmm. more new. And we did get some, right? Like, we got some lines from right. Kylo Ren. We got that shot of the mask that actually is that? I, I thought that was Kylo Ren's that mask is broken da- into no, parts. No,
0: it is. it It is Darth Vader's oh, mask okay. that has I, been broken huh. even more, which, again, is kind of <laughs> like...
3: No, so' is the, so it's Ra- the Ra- eighth States. trailer just gonna be the mask just dissolving and that's
0: yeah yeah
1: gonna be. <laughs> episode nine is <laughs> the the ninth, be a pile the ninth of dust.
0: trailer is yeah. The, yeah exactly it's a pile of black dust <laughs> <laughs> with and, a sign that says darth Vader's mask yeah no, no it, it's
3: just gonna be like one of those like slow motion eight hour trailers where it just yeah. dissolves
1: <laughs> but yeah like I don't yeah. know it, it that was brief. that was that was silly that was very silly it, it was brief but like I I like what we saw. I just, I don't know. I hope that it doesn't take us too many months to get a slightly longer trailer. Like, it was a while with um, Force Awakens, between that first little snippet where we see, like, Finn rising up out of the sand and stuff, to a larger trailer. And I'm sure it will be here, too. I I don't know. I want to know more, but I'm, I'm glad... That this first snippet didn't abandon episode seven's thing of keeping a lot of stuff under wraps.
2: Yeah, that's how I mm-hmm. feel too. I I think a lot of the yeah. things I liked about the marketing for episode seven was the fact that like they gave you right. these characters, they gave you these little things, but they didn't tell you. And that's the yeah. thing is like, trailers do tell it the was plot. So fun. Trailers do tell the plot. For me personally,
0: so like... yeah, trailers do increasingly give away the whole story. Yeah. <sighs> It was so fun for me to go into a Star Wars movie and have no fucking clue what I was happened to happen. Yeah, exactly. Which is something I haven't experienced pretty much for as long as I can remember.
2: Yeah, exactly. So
0: I agree in that I hope that, like, I honestly don't want much more than this. Maybe a little more, but, like, I'm certainly with the uh, the new character who's Rose. That's right, Rose, who is the uh, new major character they've talked about who wasn't really in the trailer. I actually don't know Um, about this at all, huh? Oh, you should look her up. I Um, will. She is apparently she's a mechanic for the resistance. She's apparently going to be uh, helping Finn. There was with whatever he's doing. We don't know what that is, but there there was a lot with her and with her actor at the uh, Star Wars celebration because she is apparently like the biggest, the most major new character. Okay, yeah. Um, I'll tell you. What So, obviously, I was super excited by this. Again, huge Star Wars fan. I was, like, completely, like, I was all a tingle. I was having fucking goosebumps just because it was Star Wars. Sure, yeah. The thing I liked the most about it is that I have predicted, what I'm most excited for for Last Jedi, and I've said this before, is that we've never had a Star Wars movie with a truly great director. We've had good. I like J.J. J. Abrams. Uh, I like uh, Irving Kushner, who mm. did uh, Episode 5. But I don't think we've ever had a truly great director and i think that ryan johnson is one of the best directors like uh, working today especially when it comes to like his eye for cinematography and his the way he uses the frame to tell really deep more interesting stories and so i have said hmm. that i think it's going to be really interesting to see what a really really phenomenal director does with something as inherently dumb and silly and goofy as star wars and so that's what was most exciting to me about this trailer was i felt like we were seeing that like there were so many cool shots and things that like you've seen this before but this is in a different way more visually interesting way like oh there's a shot of x-wings of course but they're coming over this red dust what is that that looks fucking awesome ray's learning how to use the force like that's something you know how many times have we seen someone learning to use the force or using the force how do you make the force something that still looks cool because obviously she's amazed she has no idea what it is but we've seen it in fucking eight movies now Mm -hmm. and then that shot with the rocks rising that is so
1: cool. it's really good yeah i i'll say i I,
0: yeah my prediction is that regardless of quality of film i definitely think last jedi is going to be the most like Cinematography wise, the best Star Wars yeah. movie, if nothing else. I
1: I agree, and actually, that's that's I I will disagree with you a little on the director thing because I think I I really love the job Irvin Kershner did with Empire Strikes Back. That's not even my favorite of them of the ones I grew up with, but uh, I also think J.J. Abrams does deserve a lot of points for what he did visually with yes um with the previous one, just in terms of like the iconic shot of the X wing wings flowing low over that lake and everything. There was so much that was really just like yes stunning, partially from the perspective of oh we haven't seen this since film got as good looking as it is. That's right. Yeah. But this is a director, and funnily enough, I feel this way about Thor Ragnarok, going back to that, this is a director who hasn't had the chance to do something on this scale before. J.J. Yes. Abrams? Had. Other people have. Yeah. This is someone who's made a lot of really good movies, but has not had the chance mm-hmm. to play around on this kind of scale and budget before. And I and can't he, wait and to see and what create, he does. And
0: Wrote and filmed, in my personal opinion, the best episode of television ever. Yep. Ozymandias. Yep. For Ozymandias Breaking is, is
1: great, yeah. Yeah, he did a couple of really good ones on Breaking Bad, yeah. No, that's why I'm excited to see him. And, like, it's the same thing with yes. uh, with Thor Ragnarok, which is directed by the guy who did What We Do in the Shadows. Like, it's it's just cool seeing someone oh, step man, up like one. that for the first time. I'm yeah. excited to see how that works out. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um,. Now,
0: what I'm worried about is, I guess kind of what everyone's worried about, which is that obviously, like, there's no way you haven't seen it by now, but there's a line in the trailer talking about how Luke says, I, there is one truth I know, the Jedi must end, it's also called The Last Jedi. A lot of speculation about what that yeah. means. He, my hope, like, I don't think I know what it means. My personal interpretation of that line was him explaining, like, why he's gone into hiding Mm-hmm. and you know because like i tried to start the jedi order and kylo ren the fuck boy ruined it yeah. <laughs> um that's was but that was my interpretation of it everyone has different interpretations um i do think there's a pretty good chance luke will die just because Definitely. this is the second part of a trilogy which means it's going to be sadder and what's the saddest thing they could do yeah but um so that wouldn't surprise me frankly my biggest fear though is that they're yeah. going to try and make it edgy. Like, mm. is that they're gonna try to do it oh, the Jedi aren't really good and you need to be some kind of, like the grey Jedi thing that uh, outside canon introduced that I personally am not a big fan of. Like for me personally, and again this is personally mm. one of the big appeals of Star Wars is that it really is a pretty black and white morality tale. It's it's in many ways, it's a fairy tale. There's the good guys yeah. who are very good and there's the bad guys who are very bad. Yeah. Um, there might be like Darth Vader gets kind of a redemption arc in the good yep. uh, trilogy. And um, we see
1: the potential for Kylo Ren to maybe get that based on some dialogue and stuff in uh, in Force Awakens. Possibly, possibly. Yeah, I, speculation. I though.
0: personally, yeah. I don't know about that because, like, the fact that he killed Han Solo, I don't know if there's any coming back from that. Certainly <laughs> not from the audience's perspective, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, I mean, there is, like, uh, something of a redemption, but for the most part, it is, like, good is good and evil is evil, and it's about the triumph of good over evil, and that's... I consider that an essential part of Star Wars. And it would make me really sad if they tried to do the edgy, gritty, anti-hero thing yeah. that every film is doing. Like, every superhero now has to be edgy and, oh, but what if they're not good? Hi, like, DC. fuck you. I, I, yeah. I want escapism that's just escapism. That I just feel good yeah. and stuff. And so I really... It, like, whatever that line ends up being about, I just hope that they... I just hope it's not somehow the movie is showing, like, oh, but the Jedi are the real bad ones, because I think that would be fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. That's my take. Uh, Yeah, like... Uh, Watch them...
3: Watch it just be like, I am the last Jedi. And then, like, another one comes out, and now we are called (laughs) Jedis. Now we are both the last Jedi... no, yeah, but no, I, but then they just go like, "Oh, the proper pronunciation is Jedi." It's for son two of, of them. A that's bitch. all. Yeah. That's yeah. That's exactly. And I
0: truly, I truly would not be surprised if it was like, "I know one truth: the Jedi must end the Empire." You know, Jesus
1: Christ. Yeah. If they had
0: done some creative cutting. Yeah.
1: My my thing with the whole morality thing is, I I agree with you that that stark contrast of good versus evil and good interchanged with evil is like what makes Star Wars. I think one of the best things about, like, and this is one of the reasons Return of the Jedi is my favorite um, growing up, is one of my favorite things is the way Darth Vader's, like, eventual turnaround comes about in that last one, right? And, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'll be honest, I'm going to strongly disagree with you on, on the Han Solo thing, which we don't need to get into a whole argument about, but, like, if anything, I really feel like they are going to use him killing his own father as a catalyst for him to eventually change. I think that's going to be the key to that. Um I that's just I don't know. I, I have a very and I think I've said this before, I have a very like Prince Zuko and Avatar the Last Airbender vibe from what they seem to be maybe aiming towards with Kylo Ren. It's too late to say that for certain I, I that mm. I hope Leia shoots him in the face. Okay. Okay. I I, I, don't, know. <laughs> I don't want him to have a redemption I arc,
0: but that's stru- I don't want him to have a redemption arc because to me God, this is getting way the fuck off track, but whatever. Yeah. To me he represents Like, okay, so I really like Kylo Ren as a character. I think he's a great character. Very good character. I love the idea of the fact that he's a shitty Sith. Yeah, Like, literally the first line that is said about him is, the First Order rose from the dark side. You did not. And the guy just saying, you're not really a Sith. You think you are. But to me, that final shot on the bridge, everything from, like, the sort of heavy-handed framing of, like, the darkness passing over his face is this was his moment to choose hmm. and he completely didn't. Interesting. And, I mean, he killed his own dad. Like, I, I don't... It's not even... Like, Anakin, Anakin turned to the dark side because he wanted to save his wife. Fucking yeah. Kylo Ren turned to the dark
3: side for the hashtag aesthetic trademark. No, no he like, turned... <laughs> but also, Anakin he, also killed... Like a thousand children. I know. Yeah, I was yeah say that that too. I was and that's say that too. actually
0: that was that's the that's the next thing that I was going to say. What I really like about the redemption of Darth Vader um, is that he is not fully redeemed. Like he doesn't escape punishment for what right. he's done. In that right. he dies. I would I argue that the Darth Vader redemption thing would not have worked nearly as well. If he had then like joined the Rebel Alliance and become a general and everyone's oh, like, sure. Oh Darth Vader, you're great now. Oh, yeah No, what's good is that he gets to have a moment where he did something right and then he gets to have his moment with the sun, which is more about Luke was right, everyone else was wrong, when everyone else was like, You have to kill Vader and he yeah. was like, No, there's still good in him. Like there's just there's just enough mm. for Luke to be right about that. For this one thing, and, yeah. Yeah, and then he dies, because he's done horrible, horrible things, and he, I mean, honestly, dying in agony, I don't, like, it's not entirely undeserved. No, yeah. So, that's, so, like, yeah. So, that's, that's what I was gonna say, is, that's why I think that redemption works, is because it's not a complete turnaround. Listen, I know that I've, you know, tortured Poe, and tortured Ray, and killed a ton of people, and killed my own dad, and I'm working for a Nazi organization, Nazi stand-in organization, but... I feel bad. Oh, okay, you're welcome back with open arms. I, yeah, That's, I, I nobody, guess... Nobody wants that.
1: Even you don't want that. I, I misspoke when I used the Prince Zuko comparison, because if anything, I actually do think it's probably... If they do do something like that, it'll be closer to what they did with Vader, because you're right. like You can't just turn back from that, and that is also a theme of Star Wars, is that you can't just yes. turn back from your own decisions and pretend they didn't happen. Um, but no, I I hear you. I I understand what you're saying. All
0: right, that that was like that was a lot. That's the sort of thing I would save for Star Wars. Normally, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you guys want to talk about the Nintendo Direct, or do you want to wrap up?
3: Uh, it was okay. Uh, they yeah. showed a lot of games for 30 seconds, and the games that they showed for longer made me yeah. wish that they switched games.
1: Yeah, they didn't they didn't show a lot of note. Uh, honestly. Um, My favorite
3: thing yeah. um, about it, um, just real quick, oh, okay. is the fact that people have been begging Nintendo for years to put a Pikmin game on the th- DS and 3DS yeah. at this point. And they are, mm. and it's the one that no one fucking wants because no one wants a platformer with Pikmin.
4: I, yeah, that, I like, I like it. Been doing I it. it. <laughs> like the concept.
3: They, they wanted a chibi robo game, so we're going to make it a platformer. Stop. Nintendo. It is. It is... It yeah, is an almost Metroid like, oh, Prime Federation
0: Force level of no, bait. but so ah! the thing is with
3: Nintendo, they do this, and then they're like, "Oh, no one bought it, so that means that the series nobody must wants
0: Pikmin game, yeah, exactly. No, we yeah. we want
3: Pikmin, we want Chibi Robo, we don't want yeah. them to become platformers. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah,
1: we want Metroid, so, we want Metroid to become Soulless. It's the same thing over and over. We want
3: Metroid, but uh, we, everyone except for me wants a Metroid that isn't Other M. So. Honestly, Fed- honestly, Federation Force was not that
0: terrible it of a wasn't. game. It wasn't. It was a fun soccer game. <laughs> yeah. There was no fucking excuse for them to put Metroid Yeah, Prime. that's And I thing. was yeah. cackling at all of the Metroid fans in my various feeds <sighs> and who I knew in real life just losing their minds. Me!
1: Yeah. No, like, yeah. And, and you're but, right. No, it, like, yeah. The problem with that one is wasn't that it was not They just
0: should have called it, like, really no that was just a dick mo- they really just should have called it like space soccer much adventure and then everyone would have <laughs> been time. like hey this is a
1: cool little ds soccer game good happy fun time Hav. yeah
2: yeah yeah um i don't know i was i, I don't know i felt i re- i reacted positively to the nintendo direct i like what they shown and i actually disagree with the pikmin thing like i think there is potential for pikmin to be a platform and it's not like metroid <laughs> federation thing where it's like a game that doesn't feel like it has a place within the same series <laughs> it Had
0: nothing to do with it yeah
2: it had nothing to do with it like this like no, it does yeah. is more plausible for to take pikmin and make it a platformer yeah. also we haven't played the I game agree. yet i think i think there's potential in it that's what i'm trying to say and that's and as for like the games mm-hmm. they spent like an hour showing rather than like the the 30 seconds for each other game right which was a lot of games, by the way, there was a lot of 3DS games, so I don't blame yeah. them for only showing like a minute of each game because it was really like ten plus. The thing is is like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't I don't know. we wanted more of arms. we got a little more arms. I think they still need to show more in terms of like game modes and like what you can actually do, but I like the con I like what they're showing in terms of like the mechanics of how like the fights themselves go because that's what you're gonna be doing predominantly plus they showed a new character who is yeah. Bay and oh, best girl? <laughs>
0: The, hi- the hype for that. Arms is another thing I don't get, but whatever y'all have and fun.
1: I, I got it until I played it. I at Pax I really didn't like what I played of it that much. I thought it was technically tight, but just not enjoyable to use that technicality.
2: And then
0: uh, we've ta- again we've talked about that. Yeah, I don't yeah. get it, but y'all have fun. Yeah. I hope I hope the people who want it like what it is. Yeah,
2: yeah, and like Splatoon they pretty much showed like amiibos and horde mode and i'm fine with that because the horde mode looks really good and looks fun like i like that they're adding something to splatoon because i know we've said this out like splatoon 2 is pretty much splatoon 1 and i've made the point that like i would rather have a splatoon 2 than splatoon hd for the switch you know what i mean and exactly yeah but like i even if it's more of the same with more weapons and maps I would have been fine. But then they're adding horror mode, and I'm fine with that. I do think they need to, like, clean up the single player because single player had a lot of potential. I think the general mechanics are good. I think halfway into single player, it, like, falls off because they just sort of, like, oh, you know, we got to release this. You know, let's just do the same things we did in the first half. But, yeah. So, for me, I like what they showed. Is it, like, was was it amazing and great? No, it wasn't. But I like that Nintendo is still trying and, like, but also, the thing is, they're pushing ARMS, and I'm glad at least they're pushing an IP. Even though, like, I know, like, a lot of people are on the fence about ARMS, I do like the concept, and I like... Oh, the concept's cool. It, and I like the... Yeah. And I do like that they're trying to do something. I know it's most... The is mostly tied to the fact that it's, like, a motion control game, and I totally get that. I 100% get that. I haven't tried it yet, but, like, yeah, I do like where ARMS is going, and I do like where Splatoon's going, and I like the fact that we're still getting 3DS games, so... Yeah, I don't know. I overall enjoyed it. It wasn't perfect, yep. wasn't great. Still just no, good.
1: Uh, still no Mario raving rabbits, but I, I have the hope. day will come. I the the, um, the thing with the Pikmin thing. I I don't. I'm not well versed enough in Pikmin to have much of an opinion. But I'll say in its defense. If you were to compare Kid Icarus Uprising to any of the any of the old Kid Icarus games, you'd be like, "This is in no way a Kid Icarus game." But that's a really good game on 3DS. Oh yes, I really like Kid Icarus yes. Uprising. Yes, yes, it's um, the st- But there's also been a 20 year gap in between games. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, well, sure, but like, I don't know. That, my my point is that exactly what Nathan said, which is a change of genre doesn't mean it's going to be bad. Um, other than that, like, like they've this, done
3: they've done two games in this exact same style. That's the thing, is I don't see any difference between this game and, like, the Chibi-Robo game that came out. I know there was a second one, I just don't... I can't remember the name of it.
1: There was a that Yoshi was game sense. on it that looked kind of like yeah,
3: it, actually. that's yeah. what I'm probably thinking about. Yeah. But no one liked either of those games, and they keep on making them, and I don't really know why. Hmm. Because no one's really buying them. They haven't been selling well. No, that's a good point, the, yeah. <laughs> it feels like Nintendo's just like trying to push out franchises. Like, alright fans, here you go. Mm. We're not going to make another game because you didn't buy them. And that's honestly what it feels like. Yeah. And I don't think like, a company would actually do it, but that's just what it
1: seems. See, it. Yeah, that's fair.
2: And, uh, I'm just mm, going to bring no, up... No, go ahead. Go ahead like,
1: go ahead. if
3: they do that with a... Uh, uh, what is it? Fucking, uh, the robot game a uh, customer robo i'm going to be really pissed oh my so God. let's just hope. like they make a custom robo action ro- uh, uh platformer that'll be when you you hear me rage okay. again
2: um the one thing i just want to say is like with nintendo doing this to these franchises um i like and i'm just playing devil's advocate but like they're going on the 3ds and like my thing is that, like as much as i would like a pikmin game on the 3ds i don't I don't know how feasible it is to say like put Pikmin three on the three D S, you know what I mean? Like yeah. To an extent the, the... To an extent at least, you know, and like even Yoshi's Woolly World, like I thought that was a like I thought that was a good game. Like the three like the three D S version. I thought that was great, actually. And I yeah, I think that works. I think
1: the the best example of this is when they put Mario Maker on the 3DS last year. Yeah, which that is a game that just can't work with a touch screen that small. And I, I think there's something to that, like economy of screen size, right? Yeah. Is something you have to think about. And I, I think you're kind of right. I'm not sure a main pikmin game would have worked on a screen is because you gotta think sure a lot of people have the xl but some people are still playing on a 2ds or a regular size 3ds yeah and those are small screens yeah and by statistics that's not 2ds is the there. most
2: popular actually between all of them because it's the cheaper model and yeah, yeah so. no
1: yeah absolutely i i know the most people who have a 2ds actually yeah yeah, yeah same here and i have a 2ds yep. love my nintendo bread loaf <laughs> that, I, I like
2: 3 share it's a great <laughs> console
0: 3D makes me vomit. Yeah. yeah, it's
3: good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have the new 3DS. So I never turn it on.
1: I have I a on pretty the little Pokemon X and Y one. I have
2: the Animal Crossing Special Edition one.
3: Oh, that was really good too. I also have the Persona one, but oh I, my god, I, I, I really, keep that in the box.
2: I really wanted to get that one. I never even
1: played that game.
3: It's but, um, not. It's not necessary. Mm, okay. It's really not. None but, um, of the Persona Four side games are.
1: Uh dancing all night rules, fuck you. Um, the
3: music is great. The storyline made me rip out well, some hair
1: Yeah, it's storyline in a dancing game, Anthony. What'd you expect?
3: <laughs> um, because it's by Atlas and uh, Atlas doesn't fail except when they do.
1: They they fail a story's plenty buster. Um, <laughs> when it's not mainline persona, but uh, I, I want to say about Splatoon, I'm glad they showed a new mode. If they have more new modes like that, they should have showed some of those too, because I'm still feeling like I did when I played a PAX, which is like a lot of this looks like Splatoon one.
3: Isn't it coming out like soon? Soon. Like, yeah. Like this summer. Uh,
1: a couple months, I think.
3: Yeah. Cause we have Mario Kart 8 ne- next month. That's and next month. I think month. Splatoon's next right Splatoon's The that. month I think
1: it's Splatoon after mm-hmm. after that and then ARMS the month after that, I believe. And hey, new Amiibos yeah. look nice. That's fine.
0: Yeah. um. Okay, so just one last thing to talk about, just because people have been insisting that we should talk about this. It is a story that I can't believe hasn't died by now, which is the Gearbox G2A thing. So let me just run down this real quick. Uh, Gearbox made Bulletstorm full clip edition, which, uh, funnily enough, we talked about earlier yeah, in the episode. Yeah, yeah. They had some exclusive version deals with g2a which is a notoriously shady website that deals in stolen steam keys and other shit oh boy. people pointed this out and gearbox was like oh we we didn't know about that show us some proof so total biscuits sent them this long long list of proof that he had to compile for them they said they were pulling out of the g2a deal that looked like it was going to be the end of it but then randy pitchford got on twitter and does what he does on twitter which is fuck things up which is like oh there's no way we could have done a basic google search and found this out like there's no way we could have known about this you should all back off the only people bringing this up are people who hate gearbox for some reason yeah we hate gearbox because of you yeah you're right. Like. I like Gearbox game, not like every Gearbox game, obviously, but there are many Gearbox games that I've liked, that I've championed. I liked Battleborn when no one else did, but everyone who's told me I didn't get Battleborn because I don't want to support Gearbox, I'm like, fair enough, they're a shit company, yeah. and you, Mr. Pitchford, are the shittiest part of the whole deal. Yeah, I really don't think there's anything else to say about this situation, but if you guys want a hot take... Go ahead. I'll My say, question is,
3: why are they selling that game for sixty dollars?
1: That's a little yeah. 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 Okay.
2: I played the demo. I I demoed that uh, before GDC, yeah. and I will say this right now. No, it's not. It's not sixty dollars. Even with all the shit they added, it's not suppo- It yeah. shouldn't be sixty dollars. Oh, and oh. And, oh. Uh, and alongside and the, they, the uh, and, excuse
0: Duke me, Nukem. Nathan, the shit they added is DLC. Like the Duke oh. Nukem thing that was meant yeah. to be the selling point of the game. That's DLC. And well, well, it's you're ca- paying no, it's- sixty
3: dollars it's paid for what? DLC you have to pay for. it's not just like day yes. one Jeez. you have to pay
2: for see? it see okay uh, here's the funny thing I had they gave me the press release right and I had to write yeah. the article mm-hmm. post preview right mm-hmm. didn't mention that at all <laughs> no
3: they didn't mention it until like last yeah time. I know and that's, that's is pretty that's
2: and that's pretty damn shitty and God. yeah that's pretty shitty and like that's the thing I like the game I would have got the game if it was like 40 bucks with all of that nope not anymore
1: yeah, yeah, my no. my my thing with like I I think I'm similar to you with Battleborn. I am with uh, the Borderlands games from them. Like I love yes. Borderlands one and two, and this makes me feel worse about the fact that I will inevitably buy mm-hmm. Borderlands three day one if and when it comes out. Right, like I will, but I'm gonna feel worse about it because of everything that's happened with Gearbox between Borderlands two and whatever eventual Borderlands three. Like
0: I I. Yeah, it's oh, no, it's, sure. it's it's it's
1: kind of just a fucking mess. Like, I I don't know how they keep doing this. mean this and like, if you look back far enough, even like you guys remember Aliens Colonial Marines? Uh, you guys remember oh, what yeah. a shitty game that was? And
0: and Duke and Duke Nukem Forever. And Duke Nukem Forever? They have what not, are those? both gearbox. What they have not like... had a good.
1: Literally, yeah,
0: they fuck up every project that isn't called. Uh, that, that isn't called Borderlands yeah. they fuck up. Yeah. Even if it's something that's good, yeah. like Battleborn, they fuck up its marketing mm-hmm. so that it never has a chance. Uh-huh. And yeah, then fans absolutely.
3: still think they fucked up the last Borderlands, to, uh, Tales of. So even then... Oh, I
1: disagree completely with that. Tales of the Borderlands.
3: No, I, of the few, you two I've, are one really, of the few people I have not heard any, th- or have only heard decent It did from.
0: really, really critically yeah. well. Most people... Wait, what like, are we talking about? Was, Tales
2: of the I Borderlands? I heard a lot of
1: people... Yeah, that's yeah. a good yeah.
3: game. I've it heard in, a first... lot of people. Okay, maybe it's just Group it, was, by men.
1: It, was, it was one of our yeah, final it might be the, like four contenders for game of the year. Uh, the year it came out,
0: the f- yeah, it might be. I mean, it might be the group you're in, and of course, yeah. again, ne- like, also I will fully admit
3: I've never played any Borderlands game besides like an hour of two, just because they're not my type of game. Yeah, so fair It's not my it opinion. Might- I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. That's all i No,
0: no. Most people, like, there were people who didn't like Borderlands and thought it was cringy. who was like, at last, Tales of the Borderlands, what we actually wanted from Borderlands. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was the opinion I saw more. It was an extra
1: world building that was really cool. But that wasn't even Gearbox. That was a Telltale Telltale. game. That's why people liked it. (laughs) Gearbox had had nothing to do with with that. They just gave them the license. That's one of the best modern Telltale games, I would argue, yeah.
0: Yeah, as far as the Borderlands games go I didn't like the first one, I loved the second one And I thought pre-sequel was in the middle Yeah,
1: I, I would I would agree overall
0: But yeah So there you go, Gearbox continues to be shitty uh, unfortunately, Not surprisingly never, unfortunately. Pre- never pre-order anything from them ever I no. cannot stress I think this we enough. had this talk
2: about, pre-order about in pre-orders Gearbox. in general Like, we be careful about have, pre-ordering yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, we still recommend Don't pre-order, but super not Gearbox Yeah
2: I ain't getting emails from them anymore.
1: (laughs) Uh, I I, I feel like sometimes we trash talk people when we shouldn't. And we're not saying, like, fuck Gearbox, obviously. We just said some of the games are amazing. But just as a statistic inadvisability, that is uh, one of those. Yeah.
0: I'll say fuck Gearbox. I don't give a shit. I'll buy it with my own money. (laughs) Jesus. The statements of Um, I Coleman
1: are not representative of heypoorplayer.com as a whole. I had that going through my head uh, every time you talk about how much you hate Steam, too. I agree with you mostly, but I still have it in the back of my head. Oh, they're not. It's they're not Honestly, listening.
0: this is a known fact. Well, pff, No, but he, this is a known fact. Big publishers usually um, I say usually yeah. because hi, Bethesda. Hi, EA. But big publishers usually don't withhold code from or anything no, yeah. from people for having negative... The big publishers are much more reasonable about it, where they're like yeah, maybe you hated this game, or maybe even you hate our business practices, but like we still respect the business yeah. of reviews. Yeah. It's usually the indie <laughs> studios. For our stuff. Yeah, it's usually the indie studios that are gonna pitch a fit about things.
1: Uh, yeah, even then, I would say it's been we mostly it's pretty good with that. Like I've we we have studios that I've reviewed a lot of games for that some of them I shat on and they still continue to be happy to send us code. Like it's it's often fine. Yeah.
0: No. Because it would be really shitty if we, as reviewers and critics and people, were you know censoring our opinions based on whether or not the publisher was going to give us a game. That's not what Francis wants us to do, and no. that's not what we're going to do. If
1: it was, we wouldn't have I doing second opinion. Like that's that's the pinnacle of that. I feel like. it <laughs> If really it was,
0: is. let's be clear. If it was, you wouldn't have me. No, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the true, real shit you ever wrote right there. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, but we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I think it was honestly this is probably one of our tamer ones. Yeah. Even as things got heated. Yeah. We didn't talk about like Nathan say a gross sex thing real quick.
2: I'm trying to. Oh, wait, wait. Is... Oh, I thought you were like never.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it feels wrong not to have one. Give us a gross sex. What can I Nathan? say?
2: Oh yeah, the fucking mom from Iron Giant super hot. <laughs> <laughs> I think I mentioned that like uh, three times you. in the Skype chat, but there you go, guys. Cheer
1: right, cheer right for
3: Hey Poor Player, ladies and gentlemen. I've been I Coleman.
2: I'm Jay Petriguin. I'm going to go watch some Mystery Science Theater.
3: I'm Anthony Spivey, and I'm going to stare at my Persona Five box that I'm going to take to my other job, and for eight hours, <laughs> just wishing I was playing that. Yeah, so not play it,
1: just control. cradle it.
3: And that's actually the day it came out. I had to do that at work. <laughs> I brought it in and just started looking at it the entire time,
2: and I'm hey, Nico yeah. Nico Nathan, and I'm not not gonna fap to the mom from the iron Giant.
1: And there Thanks. it is folks. thank you
0: so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Milk that waifu train into the
1: ground into the ground. i don't I don't know. <laughs> the moment took me into the ground
0: into the ground everyone look that might be trained into the center into the of the
1: earth molten all right waifus. start the music
0: already let's do it dee, 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 dee. come
1: on why did you leave all of this in